again. Yep. On another episode of the End of Time cast, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. It's been a week, Chris. It has. I, I, I guess I'm just going to say that at the beginning of every episode so people will know these, these are week-long, mm-hmm. week-long durations in between. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and start the weeks off, Chris. All right. Because I have a weeks slash, well, actually, from last week. And it's a pretty big one. Oh. Um, so I went through my week last week talking about all the shit that I was doing, all the shit that happened, movies watched, et cetera, et cetera. I'm gonna do that again this week, obviously, but I forgot a very big, not necessarily important, but I left out a large chunk of something else that I played. And I don't know how I just completely forgot to mention it. Uh, I also played Kingdom Hearts one last week. Oh, wow. Yeah. So as of around this uh, recording, E3 has passed. There's been a lot of buzz about Kingdom Hearts three coming out. And uh, before I get into my plays, uh, my playthrough of Kingdom Hearts one, let's have a real quick. Let's have a real quick Michael and Chris powwow about Kingdom Hearts. Chris, you like Kingdom Hearts? Yeah. Sweet. Uh, how many of them? How many of the Kingdom Hearts games have you played? Um, one and two, and I started. I owned the what one point five or two point five collection, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't get into one of the side games that wasn't actually a you know typical game as like a card game or something or whatever it yeah. was. So that kind of killed, and I was like, all right, I'll just play the main games. Yeah, I'm on the verge of getting the 1.5 and 2.5, the PS4 titles. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to get one for me and my wife. But, yeah, I, I've played Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, and that's that's the extent of my playthroughs. I, I knew about the other games, but I knew about them after the fact, and mm-hmm. I didn't know, like, I think I think around that time frame... I, I was not like even around even around Kingdom Hearts two time frame. I wasn't like knee deep in the Kingdom Hearts lore. Sure, and I want to say that it was just a lack of understanding of the other games that were coming out of how they tie in, uh, combined with the somewhat convoluted story. I think people would agree. Just going from Kingdom Hearts one and two, you get it gets a little bit it gets a little out there. Yeah, verges on the verges on the teeters on the edge of of, of Kojima ness at points, but not not to that degree. Thankfully, um, I like Kingdom Hearts. I like it primarily for the gameplay. I do like the story between Riku and uh, I mean uh, Sora and Kyrie. I mean, I like I like the trifecta of, of uh, Riku, Sora, and and Kyrie. But when I play Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, the main takeaway is I remember in my 20-something years was the gameplay. I have this fondness for getting into live-action battles and then uh, things falling all over the floor and me having to collect them. Like That's just a big child childish thing that I love to do. <laughs> so with all the news surrounding Kingdom Hearts 3 and I mean Kingdom Hearts 3 was not the only showcase of this E3 there are lots of there are lots of games coming out that yeah. I'm interested in another one is uh Spider-Man that's coming out later this year I've already got that one pre-ordered hell yeah nice but yeah that blew my mind I I guess I just didn't fucking pay attention to the release dates of that game and I thought that that game was not coming out till December of this year and that may have been like 
like an early release. There may have been like an earlier press release about the game, but apparently it comes out in September, which is next month. So cool. Uh, September seventh, I think, is the uh, is the official release date right now. For what? The uh, Spider Man. Spider Man. Oh, okay. Sorry. I yeah. got confused. I was like, wait a minute, are you? You saying Kingdom Hearts is pushed up? Uh, Sorry, <laughs> you no, know, nope. My my tangents are going all, all over the place. No, just just another game that did get announced and had some uh, a lot of buzz around it. This E3 <laughs> was Spider Man, and that one I I dug into uh, recently. Easy Allies did a did a video or released a video where uh, Brandon Jones got to play the game for about five hours and spoiler nice. free, just kind of gave a, shed a lot of light on the game. Uh, for those that have never played the game and for people that actually had to go or actually played the uh, E3 demo. So that, I mean, I was already planning on getting it. I was already mm-hmm. planning on playing it. So, you know, while I got the currency, might as well get it pre-ordered. Something that sucks about this, though, I, I know I'm not even talking about Kingdom Hearts yet, but <laughs> I've noticed this today. Uh, and Chris, maybe, maybe in your experience of pre-orders, maybe you could help me. Uh, okay. So I went, so I went to Amazon mm-hmm. to go pre-order the game. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, whenever I go like to a local bricks, brick and mortar store, uh, like if I go to GameStop and go pre-order a game, I say here, I want this entire game. I want this game. Okay. Well, entirely after tax, it's going to be like 6729. Here you go. Here's 6729. That way I sure. can walk in and pick this game up. Mm-hmm. When I went to go buy it on Amazon pre-order, it's, you know, same thing, 60, whatever, but it was like, Hey, we're just going to hold your spot. We're not going to take the money from you until the game comes out. Yeah. Not a fan of that. So I'm thinking maybe I'm going to retract my pre-order from them and maybe try somewhere else. Maybe GameStop online does that. Uh, maybe um, there's somewhere, somewhere else I can go online and go, Hey, here's all of the money. I just want the code when it comes out. It's been so long since I pre-ordered something from GameStop. I don't even know, but I did do it online. I just can't remember when it charged me. Yeah, uh, and this this specifically tells you whenever you pre-order it. Uh, hey, we're not going to take the money for this. Till, uh, 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 re- a good example recently, Infinity War came out, digital release, and I had that pre-ordered since May. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's the thirty first at like one oh six in the morning. My phone went off. Hey, your phone's your account's been charged nineteen something from Amazon for whatever, whatever. <laughs> so yeah, they don't they typically don't take pre order yeah. money until it comes out. Which yeah, I get it, but mm-hmm. if I'm in my mind, unless I am just hard core feverly wanting something, if I'm pre ordering something in my mind, I want to just pay for it now and be done with it. Yeah. You know, I'll I'll pick it up. And it's just, here you go. You know, where's your receipt? Here you go. I mean, on the flip side, it's good when uh, things change. True. Like I had, uh, what did I, I had something pre-ordered. I want to say, it was some, basically what it was, was I had pre-ordered it for uh, PS4, but -hmm. it became available for Xbox One. They announced it later. So yeah. like, okay, I'll cancel my pre-order and switch it to Xbox One. Um, yeah. I mean, I have the Final Fantasy VII remake. I've had it, uh, you know, pre-ordered since August of 2016. So, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm kind of glad I haven't been charged <laughs> for that yet, but my pre-order is there. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I know it'd probably be an extra hassle, but I imagine you could probably get a refund or something. Yeah, if something it's really easy to get a refund but, through them. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm going to find another avenue to get it. Either way, I'd like that game. I'd like that game to just have it right out. I just want to get it when it comes out. 
get a little pre-download. You know, get all that get all that shit done. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm playing. I'm putting a lot of money in Sony's basket uh, recently. I mean, mm-hmm. with a fucking hit like Persona Five, and then we got God of War. Like Sony's just y'all. Sony pretty much just has to show me they've got a concept for a really good game, and I'm like, all right, I'm down <laughs> for that. I'll try that out. Yeah. I have never played a single Spider-Man ever not even like uh the, the closest i've come to is picking spider-man in a multiple versus capcom <laughs> or something so and it's not nothing it's not anything at all against spider-man games it's just that's not been something that's come across my way in a in, in a manner where i could just play it freely this looks awesome it looks yeah. fun as hell and a lot of people that i'm reading that and, and watching that are saying you know hey i played this famous playstation 2 spider-man that was great and or i played this awesome playstation 1 spider-man game that was really great and this has that spirit of just runner just web swing all over the city and have a good time so sure thing sony i'll check it out all that aside, I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna pre-order uh, if not if not just buy when it comes out Kingdom Hearts three as well. Yeah, but uh, it was just another Kingdom Hearts three was another of many games this year that just got a lot of limelight and just seeing the gameplay, seeing the graphics. I mean, come on, man, just seeing Toy Story in general and seeing how well they're treating just the Toy Story Island. I didn't even need to see you know Monsters Inc. Island or all mm-hmm. or these other or, or Planet or whatever. Uh, that was good enough for me to be interested enough to go, all right, well, if I'm going to do this, if this is a continuation of the story, which, again, I'm hearing from a lot of people, this is supposed to be like, this is supposed to be the wrap up, which okay. I, I kind of need to, I, I really want to see that from like, I want to see that actually from, from Sony's side or Square's side or somebody official to go like, yeah, this is the culmination of everything, as in this is like, this is wrapping up the story, mm-hmm. but I'm hearing a lot of people say that this is supposed to be where it goes. This is supposed to be the end of the road. And it made me want to go back and play Kingdom Hearts, not only to get the story right, well, mainly to get the story right, but also because the gameplay was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I remember the combat being good for what it was, and I remember the fun of just, again, just the the, the childish nature in me of just killing an enemy and shit flying all over the place and going to run around and collecting it. I'm just, I'm a sucker for that. Well... Uh, the hesitation for me to go play the games again was the story because I like apparently hundreds of thousands of people in the U S maybe even across the world had the story problem of kingdom hearts, which was you go through kingdom hearts one. It's fairly lighthearted in story, fairly easy to follow till about two thirds of the way through. And then once more shadows and heartless and all, it kind of starts to go a little bit, a little bit crazy ish, Mm -hmm. but not too, too bad. You could still kind of wrap up the story at the end. You kind of get the idea where things are going, but it alludes to a sequel coming with a more, fleshed out what well, with more story it's supposed to like all these little shadows you're seeing all over the place are supposed to get light put upon them so fast forward a year or two you get kingdom hearts 2 and it just starts off with you playing with these three random people and you're like what are these people and you see all these cloaked figures and the the, the it's just i don't know it just seemed very convoluted well apparently there was a game released between those two that we didn't get that apparently was supposed to bridge the gap and if you didn't play that game you were f- pretty much lost mm-hmm. 
I remembered some of the story from Kingdom Hearts 1. Buddy, I didn't remember damn near anything about Kingdom Hearts 2. And I went I don't all either. the way th- I remembered all, I went all the way through that game. And again, that's, that's partially me. I know I say this a lot on this podcast and it is partially my memory just being just shit and, and I'm old, but I remember that story having too many points where, yeah, I'm not really understanding what's going on. I kind of just want to fast forward through this dialogue and get back to the gameplay. Mm-hmm. You know, let me get back to another Disney world and have a new Disney costume and go fight things. You know, let me get back to the Coliseum and, and try their challenges and whatnot. So I had to mentally, this sounds so fucking first world problem, I know, but I had to mentally prepare myself to go back into playing these games. Mm-hmm. And I had the mindset to, I, I tried to do some research to figure out how I was going to do this. I know for a fact that even with all the time we have between right now of this recording and Kingdom Hearts 3 coming out, I really have no excuse as far as time goes. I can mm-hmm. go back and play all of those Kingdom Hearts games and get all the story if I wanted to. But I try to do some research and find out, like, what are the core games that I need to play? Like, what are the main things that are going to get me through the gigantic portion of the story? And I think it was basically those three from what I from what I could gather. I could be wrong. I know there's Kingdom Hearts fans right now that are listening to this and going, oh, no, you're fucking crazy. You got to play one, the middle one, two and this one. And I don't know. Either way, I had settled on playing at least those three. So it was Kingdom Hearts one. It was the middle one, which I think was the chain of memories. And then the, uh, the yeah. and, and then Kingdom Hearts two. And that was going to be where I was going to stop, because apparently at the end of Kingdom Hearts two, that's where the beginning of three picks up so i was like all right well in my mind i'm good uh before i did this one day randomly i was looking up um kingdom hearts videos on basically plot summary uh i found a few there's a couple youtube channels that i subscribe to that do plot summaries and just uh, like series analysis and series summaries and all that. And a couple of those I watched and they were okay, but I wanted specifics. Like I wanted to find somebody who had done like a lengthy video and said, look, I'm going to give you the entirety of every single Kingdom Hearts game all wrapped up in one video. I found a couple of them. Uh, and thankfully, I say thankfully because I, I love content. I'm all about watching it. This shit's my, YouTube is my TV. So I found a few YouTube videos that were like, you know, around an hour, hour and a half long. Okay, cool. Apparently there's a lot of shit in Kingdom Hearts and that's good. You know, give it, give it all to me. I started watching one and I made it probably about 20 minutes into the video and I started losing the thread. And that was, that was so disheartening for me because the person, uh, the video was very good. It was very detailed. Uh, they were not leaving one stone unturned. They were taking their time and giving you all the information. They were giving you all the names. They were doing what the video, their video said they were going to, they were going to give you, they were giving a in-depth analysis. And man, I was following it and following it and doing my best to stick with it. And it started getting a little bit loose and I started forgetting names and more shit kept getting added and it was getting a little more loose. And I just, I, I just, all right, I'll just have to come back to this video another day. There's, it's sad that a fucking Disney Squaresoft, uh, game about fucking Donald and Goofy and Mickey and some kids <laughs> has me a 36 year old man going, I don't get it. I'm losing it. And I, cause I was losing it. I legitimately was. Um, 
So I had found a couple of the videos and bookmarked them and kept them to the side. Uh, one of which was a 20 minute. It's uh, the entire story of Kingdom Hearts in under 20 minutes. I'm shouting this video out specifically. Uh, it's from a YouTube personality named Frustrated Jacob. So if anybody out there wants to, if what I'm about to tell you interests you and you want to check it out, the just go to YouTube, search the entire story of Kingdom Hearts in under 20 minutes. And I said, okay, the length of the video is not what's is not what's throwing me away from any of these but if this guy is telling me he can tell me all of kingdom hearts in 20 minutes let's see Mm -hmm. and this was the most concise most accurate gave me every single thing i needed to know and understand from the beginning of the kingdom hearts story until and folks that ends my video and this is exactly where kingdom hearts 3 picks up at and I've watched that video twice just to make sure I got all the details. I got it the first time. I didn't have to. Mm-hmm. I, like, I did not have to. The first video round of 20, and it is, it's 20 minutes and 48 seconds. I think he spends exactly 20 minutes uh, explaining the story of Kingdom Hearts. And I got it all. A lot of loose ends came together. A lot of shit that I vaguely remember from Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 got answered. Uh, just stuff got clarified. I feel like I have a fairly good grasp of if I was to just pick up Kingdom Hearts 3 right now. So I said, okay, so I got the story part out of the way. Now, when I'm playing this damn game, I don't have to really concern myself of understanding everything. I'll be able to pick up on the story and I can just play the game. Mm-hmm. And I did. I, I was having a pretty good time. I made it all the way through. I think, uh, Monstro was the last area. I think I had just started, uh, Pan's, uh, uh, Hook's ship. Okay. And, uh, I think just the combination of already watching the video and really understanding all of the story, uh, I just, I started to kind of fade off of it. It's again, it's not a bad game. It's nothing like that. It's just, I, th- I, don't, I really can't explain it, Chris. It may be because I'm too, an- I'm too anxious to play Kingdom Hearts 3 now. Uh, I don't know. I was kind of blowing through the game. Uh, I, sh- I could put it on expert. I should have, uh, or whatever the harder difficulty is. But I don't know. I just I just kind of just quietly put it down. So I'm just kind of done with that for now. It was definitely not the same as stopping Final Fantasy VIII. Final <laughs> Fantasy VIII was I just don't give a shit. Like I, you guys did not do good with this. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts was like, eh, I'm just I'm kind of done with this for now. I may go back and finish what's left. I mean, I'm pretty sure I've only got. I'm closer to two thirds of the game. I'm halfway if I'm counting getting everything, like finishing all the Coliseum, you know, finding all of Pooh's pages and getting all the book unlocked and all that. But if I'm just going through the game, I'm like two thirds of the way through. Sure. I'm I'm debating about going through and finishing it all the way. If not, I would like to go through Kingdom Hearts two because I think I had more fun in two. I think two Sora had more abilities and there was like an upgrade chain or a skill chain that I liked better. I don't remember, but for right now, I've put it down. And the the big takeaway for me is that at least with the video, I I now know I've got a stronger grip on the story of Kingdom Hearts, and that's very important for me. I think this is very important for anybody that follows Kingdom Hearts. Period. Uh, if you are a hardcore Kingdom Kingdom Hearts fanatic and you just have played everything and you completely get all the the lore behind Kingdom Hearts, that's good for you. But 
I know I am not alone when I say that I am one of the ones. There are many, there are many of us out there that played Kingdom Hearts one and then played Kingdom Hearts two and went, yeah, I kind of got it, but this shit's getting wild, man. There's a lot of weird, crazy shit going on. I don't, I don't really know, but thankfully I've got it now. And I think if you're one of those people that fits in that category of, yeah, that story is kind of wow. Check this, check that video out. Maybe it'll shed some light on the story for you. Um, let's see. So for my week movies, I've watched, uh, I think I watched only one. I haven't finished the other one. Uh, now I forget which one. Uh, I did watch Wet Hot American Summer. It's a video I've heard a lot about. It's a 2011 movie. It's got a lot of, uh, wacky humor in it. And I enjoyed it. It was a, it's a one time watch for me though. This was, uh, pretty like a cult hit with a lot of people. Eh, it was okay. Uh, well, no, it was it was funny. It had a lot of funny moments in it, but it wasn't one that I'm going to go back to repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Infinity War came out on uh, digital release, so of course I've already watched through that once again. Still love it. Uh, I was kind of upset that this is... I don't know if... So, so Infinity War has came out, mm-hmm. and the Blu-ray DVD release comes out the 14th of this month. I don't know if that Blu-ray DVD release has extras in it, but that's something that I'm looking for because most of these Marvel movies have like an extended release that has like, you know, 10 minutes of extra footage, 40 minutes of extra footage, whatever. And I don't care what it is. I would love to see anything that got cut out of this movie. Mm -hmm. I didn't see any extra in this movie. So, meh. I mean, I still got it. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's fine, but. Also found out the hard way because this is, even though I've had a Amazon Prime account for like three, three or four years now, this is the first time that I've ever utilized the Amazon Prime video function of it. Mm-hmm. And I had did some research trying to find out if I could download the videos that I buy. And across the board, I kept seeing, yes, you can. If you own it, you can download it. But apparently there's caveats to that. You can only download an Amazon Prime video if it is a video that has a download function. For some reason, not all Amazon Prime videos have that function. So it's a crapshoot. The video that you like may or may not have that function. And two, this is the big one. If you download, and this, this, this pisses me off so much. When I say fucking download, I mean, can I pull up any device that I have, download it to the storage device on that and have it period to use unfortunately with amazon prime you can only download it on a a device that supports the download feature and if it if the video itself is allowed to be downloaded and even when you download it you can only watch it through the amazon prime app well that's i mean i'm not complaining i love amazon prime and this is like for me, video is like a what the fuck ever. If I have it, I have it. If I don't, I don't. Free two day shipping for me all the way. But yeah, that that kind of that's kind of a shitty way of you know. Yeah, you can download, yeah. but it's not you, you can't. When I want to download something, I want to have it, own it physically in digital format on whatever I choose, and then that's it. If I want to make fifty thousand copies of it on my hard drive, I can do that. But that's not the way. Anyway, all that aside, I did watch uh, Infinity War again. I can say after watching, after having watched that movie twice in the theater, 
and now watching it even on my fucking phone. That movie's still so good. <laughs> it still holds up. It still had a lot of points that mm-hmm. got me. And it is one of those many movies in my personal library that I can and will watch multiple times. I love it. Such a good movie. And let's see, Chris, this is August now. August, mm-hmm. September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May. Oh, yeah. We only got some. Ooh. <laughs> yes. I'm trying my best not to think about it, but we are getting closer and closer. We are months away from the second one coming out. So, hot damn. Uh, I also watched, this is going to blow some people's minds, I imagine, but I did watch Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. I have okay. heard from, I've heard from, I've heard 50-50 on this one. Uh, and I've heard from a lot of, I'd say, uh, prominent opinions of movie movie watchers that I trust that this movie was actually pretty funny, that it actually was decent at, at the most. Uh, I have seen Jumanji, the original one, once in my life, probably when I was in my you know teenage years, young young teenage years. But Jumanji, even with even with the uh, the grandeur that Robin Williams brings to any table he plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't remember anything about this movie. I don't remember much about it. I, no, <laughs> no so I don't remember anything about the movie. I remember Robin Williams being in a caveman looking face and that's it. So I don't have any ties to this movie of like, oh man, this is not the movie that it was. Sure. Uh, the idea that they've kind of staged this around a video game made me go, mm, I'll be the judge of how you did that. Which did decent enough. The the one cringe moment at, that I had at the very beginning of the movie that made me go, "Oh God, this is gonna be bad. It's gonna be so bad." Was one of the characters is introduced. Uh, he is playing. I want to say he was playing Street Fighter Four or Street Fighter Five. Might have been Street Fighter Four. And oh boy, he was like calling out these moves that he was doing. Like he had the controller in his hand and he was doing those, those weird, like random clickety clacky, just throwing fingers all over the Mm -hmm. controller. You know how they do, Chris, that thing where like, look, I'm playing a video game, right? And you're like, nobody, nobody does that. I don't know. (laughs) I can think of a handful of games where I've got to do this too, but he was doing that and he was like, uh, I don't remember the exact quotes, but he was like, he was like, dodge left. Dodge right. Oh, yeah. Suplex. Uh, counter. Uh, b- a backbreaker. Oh, yeah. I'm the man. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> no, this is a bro gamer. But it wasn't a bro gamer. He was trying. They were trying to portray him as like this lanky, actual nerd kid. And I was like, I don't. I did that when I was. I don't even know if I ever did that. But who the fuck? Who the fuck does that? Nobody does that. It was. Oh, <laughs> they actually use that later in the movie again, and it's kind of cool, I guess. But no, that was that first part made me go. I've been lied to. This movie's <laughs> gonna be garbage. Uh, I give it like a six or a seven out of ten. Man, it was actually pretty okay. funny. It had it had some pretty humor, some humorous parts in it. Uh, it's not, it's, it's a one-time watch for me. I'll tell you that right now. I didn't walk away from it being totally upset. And again, I have no ties to the original Jumanji, so I, I can't nitpick and say what it got wrong or got, got right. Treating it as a movie as its own, the fact that it's out, I didn't go spend 20 bucks in a theater to watch with me and my wife. You know, it's sure, it was, it was pretty good. Pretty funny. Had some moments. 
I think that's really it for the movies. I am watching one more. I'm watching a movie called Gemini. It's supposed to be like a murder mystery. Uh, fucking great cinematography. I'll tell you that now. But I haven't finished it, so I, okay. I can't can't give a thing on it. Uh, video games. So. Uh, right off the bat, I think actually the night of or the or the next day after last recording, Chris, I've been working on one game and one game only. Yeah. Uh, I've been working on Wild Arms too. So I remember going through this diatribe last episode about there's all these games in my library that I I'd, I'd like to go play and I've yeah. never got around to. One of them was Wild Arms too. Uh, Chris, what's your what's your uh story on Wild Arms? Have you played any of them at all? Um, I own. One and four, I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever started four or not, but I yeah. have not beat uh, the first one, which is probably why I didn't touch four. Um, yeah. But it's one of those games where I played it. I was enjoying it while I was playing it. No clue why I stopped. That was, you know, yeah. years ago, and who knows where my attention went. Yeah. Yeah, and that was kind of a concern of mine, too, was specifically the the sequel of the sequel nature of the game like there are four i think technically there are five games i think there's like four but there's one that's only japan something like that but there's sequels to this game and mm-hmm. i wanted to know like okay do i need to go back again and play wild arms one which i'll do you know no problem but i really like to play something new you know new new and apparently the wild arms series are kind of like final fantasy i'm i'm actually discovering more and more rpg series that are like this this is always something that i only attributed to final fantasy and yeah. dragon warrior where it's like no, they all have their own story, but they carry things over that are the same. They'll always be a Sid in a Final yeah. Fantasy. I, I just say that to say loosely. That. <laughs> there's always Chocobos. There's always Moogles. There's always Phoenix Downs, etc. Apparently, Wild Arms is just like that. A- another series that's just like that. Like, no, Wild Arms has its own stories. There's There are a lot of elements that carry over, but you don't have to have played any of them to know uh, of the previous to play the current one. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I started playing wild arms too. And I am, uh, I, I didn't, I should have took a look at the timer to see at least hours and whatnot. I'm, I'm probably about five or six. I want to say dungeons in how to, how to, how to say it any, any better, but I'm, I'm fairly, fairly into the game. This game is split up into two discs, uh, and it's on the PlayStation one. The graphics, from what I remember, there's a little bit of an upgrade from the first one. The monster designs still have a weird... Like, that's one thing I do remember about Wild Arms 1. The monster designs, even the boss designs, are a little, a little weird. <laughs> like, you know, you don't fight a griffin and a dragon and, you know, a giant rabbit with a knife. You know, you fight these weird mutant-looking things, and it, that kind of carries over into Wild Arms 2. Uh, if, if you care about that, it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me. I just remember the later, the later half or later third of Wild Arms, mm-hmm. just all the monsters and all the bosses being like really weird, very hard to describe. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so Wild Arms 2 starts off roughly the same way Wild Arms 1 does. And you gotta forgive me, folks. I'm pulling all of my Wild Arms 1 memory. Well, I'm pulling it all from memory. So, 
Uh, and it's been, this is again another game I played in high school. So we're, we're approaching two decades ago since I played Wild Arms 1. Um, starts off roughly the same way though. There is a anime style intro and the gameplay itself starts off with three separate characters and they all have their own individual story of why they are where they are and what they're doing. And for whatever reason, uh, which at, well, I mean, it's explained after their intros, those three people are thrust together into the main arc of the story. Um, uh, they but they all have it's I'd say their little intro stories are not that long. Uh, they're about ten minutes each, roughly. And they uh another carryover from Wild Arms one is all three of the characters have their own unique ability. Mm-hmm. One thing that I do remember from Wild Arms one is that the I don't I don't believe they all could run. I think there was one character and his ability was that he could run. And the other two had their own. In this one, all three of them can run. Also, all three of them can run over in the overworld as well. So, no matter what character you have, uh, you do have at least you have at least three people in your party at any given time. But you select the person who you want in the front. But it's not like there's two people following you. It's who do you want to control because you want to use that person's special ability and. It doesn't matter who you have, who you're playing as in the dungeon or the town or the overworld, you press and hold a button and you can sprint. So that's nice. Uh, there is a feature in here called an encounter cancel feature, something I like. Uh, this is something that m- other RPGs have done as well, where if I'm in an area and I'm level one and I level up to level two, level three, level four, by the time I get to level seven, I shouldn't have to fight anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, they should be scared of me. And some games have done that where like you just flat out won't have encounters or you'll have encounters and they'll run away or you'll have encounters and you're always on the advantage, whatever this one, as you're going through the map or the overworld or the dungeon, wherever, uh, it will show you an exclamation point over your head. And if you press the circle button, the cancel button, you won't engage the battle. It just, just no battle happens okay. that's pretty nice that's if you choose you know yeah um let's see the an npc made a statement encounter cancel doesn't work when fighting terrorists i thought that was pretty <laughs> funny uh because apparently that's that's part of the story arc later in the game is there are terrorists that are, mm-hmm. are doing things i thought it was pretty funny uh so this was a f- there's another feature of the game that that I forget who I was re- I was watching a couple reviews and listening uh reading a couple reviews about the game and uh some people have complained about the way the overworld map and locations are done and I could kind of agree where I see where people wouldn't like it but I actually I actually kind of enjoy it not to be a contrarian I actually read this before I play the game went oh man that sounds kind of garbage but I kind of like it so when you're in the overworld map for the first time imagine okay. you could go anywhere but you don't know where anything is uh you can't it, it's that's usually how it goes like imagine the first time in Final Fantasy 7 you left Midgar mm-hmm. unless an NPC told you what town to go to you don't know where to go which somebody does and you have a you have a destination when you leave Midgar you could travel around the map if you weren't told like and I'm I'm 
totally making this up, but if somebody said, hey, when you leave Midgar, if you go east, you're going to run into this town, that's where you should go. If nobody told you that, you still could leave Midgar and wander around until you found a town because you would go, hey, there's a town, and you go into the town. Yeah. In Wild Arms 2, you can't do that. Because the when you get in the in the overworld map, aside from the forests, aside from the water, aside from the mountains, and then the typical terrain of the world, things are not labeled and things are not visible. So you wander around and you're not gonna find a town. You're not gonna find a cave, a dungeon, a castle, anything. The way that you find things is you press the square button and your character emits like a sonar. And if you're in the vicinity of somewhere important, a town, a cave, a castle, whatever, it shows up. <coughs> so I kind of like the hunting nature of this for a couple reasons. One, it it f- sort of forces you to talk to everybody in town, which if you're not an RPG aficionado, you don't know that you should do that. And this shows you that you need to be talking to people because... There will be a destination to go to, and some guy on the first floor of the inn will go, oh, yeah, I've heard about this town, and in bold yellow letters, it'll go, it's east of this town. So Mm -hmm. you know that, okay, once I leave this town, if I go east and start hitting my radar, I I can find this place. It's also cool because it... This is how you find secret areas of the game, which I have not found yet, but I just have it in my head that that's, this is how it's going to be done. Like, you're not going to find the cave that has the, the chest with the ultimate weapon because you can't see a cave. But if you talk to somebody, they're going to give you a hint like, yeah, I've heard about this legendary weapon in this, in this cave, northeast of this town. And then you go find it. So I kind of sure. like the finding nature of it. What I don't like about it is that if, if I was to just go out into a, into the area before getting these cues, I you you cannot get these places open basically until either the story prompts you to or an NPC tells you about the area. Hmm. I'll get into that one in a minute. So I mean, it does have its up and downs, but I I thought it was a very interesting way of you know it sets you it sets me in the mind of I'm in this world that I don't know. So my characters may know that if I go east from the castle, I'm going to find this tower, but I don't know that. I'll have to look around and find it. Uh, it also, it, the, the battle system, it does have an auto battle function, which I do like. You have the ability to, to switch it on and off in the battle. At a minimum, you have to at least press the attack button if you're on auto battle. But that's good because that means you can select to have the auto battle off and then you control everything manually. Their basic uh, commands uh, uh, or auto attack styles you can select per character, they're not, it's very minimalistic, but you can set everybody to auto attack and then boom, the, the map, the, the match is fought for you. Mm-hmm. The uh, controller remapping icon and window had mild customization. You can remap this entire controller the way you want to, and I love that. Like any way you want these menu buttons, like yeah. just any way, any way at all, and that's always a plus. I always give pluses to any game that does that. Uh, there, we're gonna have an episode one day about that as a whole. Trust me. <laughs> uh, here's another fun thing for this game. It uses okay. a 
it uses a currency which they which they call gimel coins i'm hoping i'm pronouncing that right as a means of continuing if you die in battle so in the world or from battles or from quests or whatever you can find or gain these gimel coins and they act as continues but they act as continues for the battle itself so if you die in battle you start the battle over from the beginning of the battle. You don't have to go back to a save point. You don't go back to a checkpoint. If you die in a boss battle, you spend a gimmel coin and you start the boss battle from the beginning. I like that. Pretty nice. Yeah. Um, little story weirdness here. Uh, so my, my character, uh, found a, a, a cat that was on a roof. It was running like it was, it was some childhood friends of his, whatever. They're like, hey, can you help get my cat? So I went and did this little side mission. I got their cat. And one of the boys was like, here, let me give you a memento that my dead mother gave to me. And I was <laughs> like, what? I, uh, okay. I don't think she was dead. Either way, it was a memento from his mother. And I was like. And then he goes, oh, it's okay, it's okay. I've got two of them. You can have one. I'm like, wait a damn minute. What the? <laughs> so hold, number one, number one, I climbed a roof and grabbed a cat for you, and you're giving me a gift from your mother. But it's okay also because you have two of these. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, game. This is that. He, this is I am the destined hero shit right here. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got promoted and assigned to a uh, like I, I did a job and then I got promoted and got assigned to a tougher job and I had to go tell my in-game girlfriend about it and she was kind of upset or whatever because you know hey I've got to go off on a mission and he's my character was sitting up in the room alone and he was like yeah you know we have fun together but we argue just as much what kind of relationship do we have anyway <laughs> i was like wow well, well, so i i'm a st- you're establishing these characters game and you're explaining to me that this guy and this girl are together and this guy's like yeah we have fun but we also argue what are we doing here like like <laughs> What wow. is our relationship anyway? I'm like, damn, is he gonna break up with this girl? Like, what are you setting up for him leaving or her leaving? All oh, this is crazy. Uh, another little uh fun thing about the battle mechanics is that whenever you whenever you pull off an RNG miracle of God and you do a critical attack, the camera does like a triple take. I thought that's pretty cool. Um. Unless I cannot find out how to do it, unless I'm just dumb, you cannot save on the overworld map, which is very odd. Now, mm-hmm. there are many places to save at. Don't misunderstand. It's it's easy to save, but, I mean, come on. That's like a RPG staple in my mind. Yeah. Just if you're out in the real world, if you're out in the world, just save. You don't need a save point to do that. But, you know, that's their choice. Whatever. Uh... Anybody ever wondered this? Uh, I think this may be only for this game. I'd have to look up some lore for Wild Arms 1, but ARMS actually stands for, in ARMS 2, Agile Remote Mission Squad. I I didn't expect it to have an acronym, expected to be an acronym, but it is, so whatever. Uh, 
So as the story began to progress, and I'm tr- I'm I'm definitely not gonna leave. I'm I'm trying my best to be be a spoiler free. Most of this shit I'm talking about happens in like the first five ten minutes of the actual like uh, part of the game, but. And I think this next few sentences are actually where I stop the full the spoilers period. But the it the the story starts to push into like the bigger arc, mm-hmm. and it starts off with a no one has ever pulled the sword from this stone in the, the hundred <laughs> years that it's been here. And I was like, here we go. This is that this is that tried and true shit that everybody hears about like it's just a cookie cutter story and here we go it's nobody there's just nobody's ever pulled this sword out and i was like yeah uh-huh the design of the sword i thought was pretty cool it's called argil Tham. it has a handle section like inside the blade which from a practical standpoint i really like to see how somebody uses it like <laughs> that but i don't know i just thought it was pretty cool uh it says that the legend that the sword magus and the disaster itself both just disappeared. So there was somebody who wielded this sword and the sword and, and, and then there was a disaster in the area and the sword and the, the master, I mean, the disaster itself and the sword magus just disappeared. Okay, cool. So they were trying to explain some of the story. And then after, so the, you you are your character is supposed to go try to remove the sword like there's like a bunch of people around and everybody's trying to pull it out and then there your main character whose name is Ashley by the way your character goes to pull the sword out and I was like here we go it's gonna be like what this random guy comes up and pulls the sword out oh no uh the screen fades into like uh credits slash story section credits are rolling by and they're giving you little little pieces of the of the lore uh mainly talking about the sword and the fact that there was a master of the sword who came in and just made the disaster of the world go away and then as soon as the cutscene was over it shows your character and all those people like having a party like they were it was a promotion for something and y'all were talking and it was like man uh I thought I was going to pull it out, but I didn't. I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God. He, yeah, they re- the game reveals that no, he didn't, he did not pull the sword out. However, this is where the game picks up. Like, this is where the story starts to, it hits a, shit's going down. So from here on out, uh, story is pretty much going to be spoiler free for me. Uh, I do like Ash, Ash's outlook. He says he said the since the sword stays put, there is no need for it, so all is well. That's a good thing. That's a pretty pretty nice way of thinking about it. Somebody was yeah. talking to him about why, like you know, aren't you happy? Aren't you upset that you didn't pull the sword out? And he was like, Nah, the sword only activates basically if there's a need. If there's no need, then that means the world is okay. So I'm good that nobody's pulling it out. Um. I know I'm bouncing back and forth in these notes. Sorry, folks. I didn't organize <laughs> these. I, ju- I just put them down. I just took notes. That's how I'm going to do all of them. You know, sorry. Deal with it. Uh, I also noticed that there was a lack of item descriptions. And 
this is kind of disheartening from a mechanical standpoint mm-hmm. because from either the menu section or I, I I'd actually have to go look when I'm buying the items. They they may be in the shops when you're buying the items, but if you're in the menu, the main menu, or if you're in the battle menu in the heat of the moment, I could not find a way to have item description pop up. Uh, I think in this game you need that. I mean, I'd argue any RPG you should have that. Oh, yeah. That should be like a mainstay. That's a but, peeve of mine. Yeah, you know, I don't know this game, and I'm sure, especially with this being the second game, that if I played the first game, I would know that this item uh, cancels silence. But I don't know, I don't remember the first game, and most of these, I'd say some of these items don't, like, they're not immediate word association. You know, it's not like Echo Screen or you know, revivify or whatever. It's a word. And I'm like, well, I have to guess and check these items and find the one that works for what I need. There's also a matter of the quantity. You know, if, if I have a character that's only down like 60 hit points, I don't want to use the item that's going to heal 500. You know, I want to use the one that takes 50, you know, but I don't know because there's no description. So, you know, just something to think about. Again, I th- I want to say that the shops, whenever you buy an item, I want to say that they give you descriptions. I could be wrong. I mean, at the end of the day, I guess if you're really hard up about it, you can go look at a guide. I just think that's a negative for the game. You, you should have that. I mean, yeah. that's a you should have that. Um so a hang up point that had me concerned. This was part of uh this ties into the whole uh, a, a negative aspect of wandering around the world and just using your radar thing to find points. Uh, so I was stuck in town for a bit. I didn't know where to go. And no, this is not going to make our list today. But I was I was stuck and I couldn't figure out where to go. So I said, okay, I, I, w- I probably talked to somebody and fast forward the dialogue too much. Somebody probably told me where to go. There's probably like a town or a tower or something I need to go out in the overworld and just go unlock it, and I'll just move on. Well, I went around the overworld map to all the areas that I could go around to, you know, aside from ones that were blocked off by land or, you know, hey, you can't go past here. I mm-hmm. went everywhere, and I was just da 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 just spamming that radar. Nothing. Didn't find a single place. So, okay, well, apparently I need to go talk to somebody else. So... I ran back into town, uh, went and talked to every NPC. I think I talked to some, I think I talked to one person that may have said somebody different, but I don't have everybody's dialogue memorized, so I don't know. Uh, I went back out into the world, uh, and a new area opened up after using the radar. That kind of bugs me. It seems as though some of the triggers in this game for areas being opened up is like you have to talk to somebody specifically and they have to drop the hint or something. Like there is an NPC trigger for you having a new place open up. Mm -hmm. I get it. I guess in a way it would be kind of cheating if you just went around the overworld map and literally just spammed your radar and just unlocked 20 places. It would kind of take some of the surprise and all that. I get that. But I don't remember if I talked to like a... uh, I want to say the person that that had different dialogue was almost like a random NPC. 
I didn't, it wasn't like I could go back and go, okay, let me go talk to this person again because this is the last important person I talked to and maybe they'll say something different. They didn't say anything different. Somebody else did. I just don't know what (laughs) was different or what, you know, it just, that's a little bit too convoluted for a trigger for me. I don't mind random triggers. I don't even mind talking to the same person twice as, as a trigger. Yeah. But just having a random NPC dictate me moving on to the next critical dungeon or area. Yeah. Not a big fan of that. Uh, it's only happened once. So maybe that's not a big thing. Um, I was fighting some enemies and some dialogue come up. The enemy screamed, I hate you. Jesus. I was like, damn, <laughs> like this is like a Joe blow fucking enemy. And they're like screaming in all caps. I hate you. And I was like, I don't even know you, man. <laughs> and when you understand the story of this game, you can also see how that's very like, wow, that's a, that's fucking too much. But yeah. Uh, this is last thing I want to say about it as far as where I am uh, in my gameplay so far. So I was in a I was in a dungeon and I was doing a puzzle. This is one thing that I remember from Wild Arms is that uh, a lot of the dungeon crawling was puzzle based. It was a plus for me. Like I like that. I like how you know it makes me think. You know this is this is not new. This is you know Tales of Destiny does this. Lots of games do this, but. It's not just go around caves and then press a button and move on. You actually have genuine puzzles in here sure. that incorporate one, two, or all three of your character's abilities uh, in one way or the other. So I was in this, I was in a dungeon, I was doing a puzzle, and I had got to a point where I, I, I couldn't go any further. Or I think I had like, it was like, like a push a block puzzle kind of deal, but I think I pushed a block too far or something like that. I could, I could not progress. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, okay, I'll just fucking go out the room. Or if I have to, I'll go out the fucking dungeon and come back in and start the whole puzzle again. When I came back in, the puzzle had saved itself up to the point where I had fucked up. So instead of, so if it was a 10 step puzzle, it saved step one to one through seven because I did one through seven correctly and just made me only have to do the last three. Mm -hmm. And yeah, very nice. That's something I don't think I've ever seen in a game before. And I, I'm not going to profess that every puzzle here on is going to do that, but this one did. And I, I haven't been stuck in the other one so far. I was very, very cool. Uh, all in all, is it uh it's 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 slightly teetering on the edge of okay I'm kind of sort of getting bored but I mean it's a very light kind of sorta this is not a final fantasy quit I'm not I'm not quitting it yet I'm probably going to be playing it as soon as I get off this podcast and get it edited but as far as like I I I'm enjoying it so far this is a this is a classic from the PlayStation 1 era I don't mean classic as everybody's played it I mean it's a classic game so yeah. Back in the 90s. And I'm enjoying it. I'm having a pretty good time with it. Yeah, the story's decent enough. It's got a, it's got some humor in it. It's got some, uh, some, some good catch on points to the story. And, uh, yeah, man, cause there's lots of other games I keep thinking about going back to. I'm still that, that itch for, 
Persona 5 is still there. <laughs> yeah. And Persona 5, this game is not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there aren't many RPGs out there that are. Uh, I've been watching two best friends play through Bloodborne again, and that's given me a strong Bloodborne edge. I've been thinking about going back to that too, but until this game like utterly bores me or I'm just, I just don't feel like playing it anymore, I'm going to keep on with it. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it right now. It's not a, it's not blowing my mind, but no, I'm having fun with it. And I believe, yes, I believe that's it for my week. Chris. All right. What about you? So I'll start off with, you know, my usual uh, Destiny 2 segment. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't play it this week. Moving on. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I have so much stuff to do on that game. I should have played it, but uh, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. Octopath Traveler. Also didn't touch it. Um, wow. <laughs> um, so I'll uh, I'll see your one game for the week and... Uh, I also have one Match game for a week. None? Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I played one game, um, No Man's Sky. So. Let me ask you. Yeah. Let me ask you. Yeah. Did you notice any visitors in your uh, No Man's Sky playthrough any time this week? Mm, no, <laughs> but I also have it. Uh, I think I still have disabled, so I won't see yeah. other people. I jumped in. I thought about chatting. But I just watched it for like about 15 minutes. I said, this game is fucking stupid. And I left. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, honestly, I didn't see anything that like grabbed my attention. Mm-hmm. I just watched you play for a little bit and went, eh, okay, move on. Yeah. Um, it's. It's it's a sandbox game. Um, mm-hmm. And with that comes, you know, a ton of different things to do. Which isn't something it originally had um, when it was first released and was terrible. You know, there wasn't a whole lot to it. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't look good. Um, but a lot of that has changed. Um, See, that's I, I thought. I thought it was a little different than that. I thought there was a ton of shit to do in No Man's Sky originally, but there was no like point. I mean, like that, I mean, the the end. There was no like really end goals. Like people were just, were just doing shit, but they were like, "Yeah, I don't, I'm not. I don't even know why I'm doing any of this. Sure. It's all meaningless." Yeah, I mean, there was stuff you could do, but not as much stuff. Yeah. Um, now there are you know multiple quest lines um, that you can do. There are side quests. Uh, there are repeatable. Uh, I won't say repeatable missions, but there are. Uh, they're repeatable in the sense that you're going to get the same type of missions over and over um, mm-hmm. from this little guild NPC, and you can get multiple of them. So what I do is I go basically to all the space station, all the space stations I've been to, uh, talk to NPC, get them all, and then go do you know what I want out of them because like okay, kill you know twenty animals. Okay, I'll get ten of, or five of those quests. Go complete them all at once. Turn them in. Get a bunch of stuff. You know. Um, it's a good way to build up. Um, and it's a decent way to build up money, but it's a good way to get uh, stuff to sell and some uh, more rare materials, uh, nanites, which are kind of a secondary currency. Uh, you normally, you primarily get it from scanning stuff and then uh, uploading it as you discover it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just so much stuff to do now. I mean, I've been... So, 
like I said, there's three main quest lines. So it's like, all right, I'll do this quest line, get up to a point. It's like, oh, you need to go do this. And I'm like, okay, well, while I'm doing that, you know, oh, I can do these side quests or there's the base building aspect to it. So sure. I'll go, I'm like, all right, I want to work my base. And your base now has NPCs you can get uh, hired to do stuff. Like, okay, so I need to go through their quest because each one of them has a side quest associated with them. So I'm like, okay, progress through it. Oh, hey, another NPC. Okay. I think right now I have four NPCs at my base, and I just got the quest earlier for the fifth, which I didn't even know was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew about the four. Then it's like, oh, hey, a fifth. Uh, so I need to go do that. But um, the but then, you know, I'm at my, at my base, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to – there's farming in the game. Uh now, so I'm like, right, I'll check all my, you know, uh, what do you call them, little growy things, harvest my plants. I'm like, okay, do that, put them in storage, you know, move on. And I'm like, okay, well, I can do this and this. And this. It's one of those, you know, it's a sandbox game, so there's tons of stuff to do. And every time you go to do something, it's like, oh, there's 10 other things I could do. Um, I needed to, I was working on upgrading my ship to get... To be able to go to different uh, solar systems. Because um, there are some you can't go to until you get certain pieces of equipment. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that. Uh, and while I'm looking for these places, I'm stumbling across other things. Um, other different types of planets. Other uh, uh, locations, um, buildings, whatnot. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize it at first. But my game was actually glitched in a good way. Uh, there's an item oh. you use called, uh, it's like drop pod navigation or drop pod location or something like that. Basically lets you put it in this little signal booster and it'll put a spot on your map for a drop pod. Um, mm-hmm. Drop pods are one of the ways to increase your inventory. Um, so you can do it at any space station. Uh, you can get one per space station automatically or not automatically. You have to pay for it. The one you yeah. find out on the map or on the planet, uh, you just use some resources to unlock, essentially, which is much easier okay. to do, yeah. uh, much cheaper overall. Well, mine was bugged. So normally when you find a drop pod, it uses that, you know, expendable item. Mine wasn't expending it. Hmm. And I didn't realize it's first, yes. so I went through like 15 drop pods, and I, I still had the two items in my inventory. I was like, oh, <laughs> interesting. So that was nice. really nice, but they, uh, they've been patching this game at least per, once per day, if oh, not yeah. twice. Uh, and it's been great aside from it fixed my, uh, drop pod bug this morning. So I can't do that anymore. Um, I'm not doing it the hard way, which isn't bad. It's, it's a whole lot better than it used to be. Uh, like I mentioned before, that was the main reason I stopped playing. It yeah. was just inventory management was hell. Um, but now, I mean, it's still not great um, in some aspects. Like, they have, as part of the base building, of course, you have storage crate things, which, first off, are way too big. Um, it's like the size of a small house, and it has five slots in it, uh, mm. which is nothing. Um, yeah. And it limits you to ten of them, and they're numbered, which is interesting. Um when you look at that, you're like, why are they numbered? Why not just, you know, let me put down 10 if they're going to limit it to 10. Yeah. But, um, 
the the interesting thing I found is if if you uh, if you delete one of the storage things, like I I didn't like where I had mine, so I moved it off my freighter and stuff, put it down on my base, and apparently there's an item in it when it was on the freighter, so I thought I'd emptied it out. But then I went to it and it's like, oh hey, the item's still there. I was like, oh, interesting. Wow. Okay. So apparently it saves it in the container so you can't accidentally delete your items, uh, which nice. is good. It's really nice. Uh, kind of funny though to bring it, you know, a thousand light years away and it's like, oh, the item's still there, <laughs> you know? Um, I guess I was just carrying my back pocket the whole time. Yeah. Uh, the, the freighter system still has the most bugs. Um, it was, uh, it's pretty obvious that the base building stuff wasn't intended for a freighter and it, the game gets really confused. Um, mm. the base quest line, as far as getting all the blueprints from your little base computer, uh, is also still bugged. And it was, most of the bugs can be fixed by saving and reloading and that's it. Mm. Um, Unless you have one of the, like, game-breaking bugs, which I haven't run into yet, but... Uh, and I don't Thankfully, expect to yeah. at this point, but uh, all the minor bugs can typically be fixed by reloading, which is not an issue at all. It's real quick uh, most of the time. Um, but with the base quest line, there is an issue where it wants you to go to your last base you had, or you used, uh, or you built, rather. That's the best way to put it. It's the last one you built... And use the computer there. Well, I don't put a teleporter at every base I have, um, mm. which I should, but early on I didn't even have the option. So, and this morning I ran into it, and the fix was, you know, I'd go to my base, I'd save, reload while at that base, and be like, oh, hey, you're at the base. Use the computer. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, no problem. So this morning... I'm exploring around. I get to this planet that is mostly water, um, which are pretty cool. There's so many cool wa uh, world designs in here. I'll talk about that in a minute. But I get to this world, mostly water. I find an island. I'm like, all right, I want to check some stuff out. Uh, but the weather on the planet was rough, so it was very tedious. You know, my hazard protection was going down uh, during all these, you know, uh, heat waves or whatever it was on that planet. So mm -hmm. I built a base computer, put up a little, uh, I have little kind of modular room things now. Uh, so I put one, you know, so I could walk inside, get out of the weather, let my systems recharge. Um, cause you can recharge them at any point by using materials. But if you go inside a building or inside cove or a cave or whatever, uh, it'll recharge automatically. So, you know, save some resources. Yeah. So I, Built this little base thing, went in it, chilled. Uh, I spent some time in the area gathering some more materials I needed from there. And uh, I hadn't been underwater yet at that point. So I did that for a few seconds just to see what was there. Um, and then I was ready to leave. Uh, I think part of my issue was I didn't have any more fuel for my ship. So I had to farm some <laughs> while I was there. But uh, I, okay, got my stuff. I'm ready to go. And uh, I deleted the base, which is something you can do. You just take down the buildings and then on your computer say delete, and it's gone. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I went back to my base and the, uh, uh, I'll, I'll give that in a second. Yeah. So I deleted the base, went back to my other base and I was like, all right, um, went about my business for a bit and I was like, oh yeah, my, uh, my base computer should be ready to give me some more information. So I switched my, uh, tracked quest to the base one. And it's like, all right, talk to your base computer. So I walk over to my base computer. I'm like, it doesn't have the icon. And the little tooltip in the corner that you pretty much always have when you have an active mission tracked, it said, your base is in another system. I'm like, huh. Well, the only one I did was that one that I deleted. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I guess I just need to save and reload. So I did that, and it's like, it's still another system. I'm like, okay. So I went to the teleporter, and I teleported, you know, to a different base. It actually let me teleport to that base on the island on the water world. What? Which... There's two reasons that's bad. First, I deleted the base. Mm. Second, I never built a teleporter on that base. It should have never been so, a destination. So how did it, yeah, how did it do that? So I appear literally in the circle of dead grass where that building was. Oh my God. With nothing around me but my ship. Fortunately, it teleports your ship with you uh, anytime oh, okay. you teleport. So that's really good. Otherwise, I would have been stuck on this island in the middle of a water world with nothing, you know? Wow. I was like, huh. So I had to hop in my ship, fly out to space, find another teleporter, teleport back. And I'm like, okay. Um, so I guess I can't do this quest until I fix this bug. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping it'll be fixed today uh, or tomorrow or whenever. I, it, yeah, I, I'm almost done with it too. I think I need like two more times of uh, getting stuff from it. Um, one of the... One of the annoying parts is there's a lot of stuff that's kind of time-gated. Uh, it's not bad, um, and there's so much to do in the game that you don't really notice it as much um, as some games. But like the base computer, once you do all the stuff it wants you to do at that point, and you get the blueprint, you build the blueprint, and it's like, all right, wait an hour and a half, and then we'll give you more information from the base computer. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Um, there's another quest line where you have to talk to this NPC, and he'll want you to get something for him. You get it for him. You come back and he's like, all right, I'll let you know when I'm ready, you know, for you to do something else for me. And that's another hour and a half timer. Um, mm. The uh, freighter missions, uh, there are two types of missions for your freighter. One is basically stuff for you to do, your character to do. The other is stuff for you to send your frigates out to do. Um, so I'm up to six frigates now, which is cool. Uh, nice, I find they have nice. enough money where I can go out and actually buy these frigates because you'll go out in space and there will be another freighter, an NPC freighter, and a bunch of frigates around it. You know, it's uh, support frigates. And some will have icons. And when you get close, someone will come over, come over your radio going, hey, you want another frigate? Come check me out. Um, and you can take a look and see what their stats are and choose to buy it or not. Uh, the ones I'm seeing right now run roughly $2 million. Uh, units, which is a decent chunk, but at this point, not bad for me. I think I'm currently mm. up to like 28 million credit. Uh, yeah, credits, not units. Uh, well, and they're interchangeable. Uh, nanites are the other one. So, um, and the game confuses me sometimes with the way it words things. I'm like, what I just get? <laughs> um, <laughs> but the frigate missions, you can send out up to five frigates on a mission. Um, assuming you had the fuel for it, which is very annoying right now for me in the game. Uh, you send them out, 
And they ranged from, I think the shortest one I've had was 52 minutes. The longest one I've had is nearly five hours. Um, These are in real lifetime. Yes. Oh. Yeah, so, but you don't do anything with them. You send them out and then you check them when they come back. Ah, uh, uh, gotcha. So I'll send those out and then go play the game, you know. I actually, sometimes in the morning, I'll load up the game, send my frigates out, and turn it off and then go to work, you know. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. So it's it's not bad. Um, just one of those things that, uh, I don't know. I don't really have an issue with the frigates. It's really the quests being time-gated that are annoying. Because um, yeah. if I'm working on the quest, I want to work on the quest. Uh, the... Another interesting bug I ran into uh, last night or this morning. I can't remember if it started last night or if it started and was fixed this morning. But I, uh, I have all my storage containers. Well, the... And they have five slots in them, two on the top row and three on the second row. Don't know why that's the pattern. Don't care. Um, but the second slot on the top row and the second slot on the bottom row, I couldn't take items out of either of those slots on any of my containers. I could put stuff in. So I'm sitting there trying to craft stuff that I need ingredients from my container and... I can't take them out. It was literally flashing up with a uh, little pop-up you get when you're repairing a part on a ship mm-hmm. and doing nothing afterwards. So that was, <laughs> that was really bad. Um, and that was probably the most frustrating bug I've run into so far uh, because I needed those. I You can't, like, destroy it and get them back. You destroy the items that stay in there until you, you know, rebuild it. Right. And all 10 of my storage containers were doing this. Jeez. So I was like, okay. But fortunately, that there was another patch this morning. Um, and I don't know if it was coincidence or if they actually patched in the, uh, fixed in that patch because that patch didn't even have notes. Uh, hmm. Let me double check. See if they actually put release notes for today's patch. It was so small, I'm sure it was something very minor. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they've released uh, five patches so far. And actually... They all hit the consoles uh, today. So now wow. consoles are officially caught up to PC. Because um, it was the way they were doing the patches for the game and the way they still are, as far as I know. Um, on Steam, they have a experimental build you can opt into. But that's where they're doing all the patching, you know, patch testing, I should say. Mm-hmm. And then they roll it out to Steam. And then a day or so later, roll it out to PS4. Uh, actually, I don't think PS4 got any. It's kind of slightly staggered, but I think it's just because of consoles and how they work, you know, with their timings. Yeah. Um, but then they rolled out to PS4 and Xbox One like the next day or that night, you know, if it released in the morning. Probably a 12 hour window or so just to make sure that PC users don't go crazy. Yeah. Um, which is acceptable. You know, that makes sense to me. Um, because yeah. it's a lot easier to patch something through Steam than it is through. Sony or uh, Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's so much to do in the game. Um, I finally got a decent ship. Uh, I've had a decent multi-tool for a bit. Um, I think the next big thing for me is I'm still saving up for a really good ship. 
the one I got is kind of an in-between to hold me over. Has more space um, than the starting one. I I mean, I technically have like six ships, five ships, but I just got some of them because I thought they'd be okay and then ended up not liking them. Um, Yeah. But the... One of the downsides is you can't sell ships. Um, you can trade them in. When you go to buy a new one, you can get credit for it. Hmm. But otherwise, you can't sell it, which the trading in doesn't help when, you know, a couple of these ships I have, I found. Um, yeah. They were uh, broken down on a planet, you know, and I found a distress beacon. It was next to the distress beacon. Once I repair it, I'm good. I can take it and I don't even have to repair it. Um, yeah, but I did that so I could trade them in and I just haven't had the opportunity to trade them in yet. Um, not that they're worth a lot. Uh, cause I think you get like somewhere between a quarter to half of their value, which I think it's a quarter is most of what it is. Um, which isn't great because if I have a 2 million, uh, credit ship and I only get 500,000 for it, I get, I feel a little ripped yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a little. So, but if it's free, you know, it's free. So I'm not going to complain too much about that one. Uh, but I'm still looking for a really good ship because there are, uh, different rankings for pretty much everything for ships, multi-tools, uh, freighters, um, that go from C to S, you know, CBAS. Uh-huh. My ship I have now is A. I think my multi-tool is a as well, but it's really close to being an S. Uh, it's like top tier A. <laughs> um, my freighter is C class. Uh, frigates also have a rating, uh, but the frigates, they actually level up the more you use them on the missions. Mm-hmm. So I have one frigate. The first one I got is now A, started at C, it's up to A. And I had two that just went to B uh, last night or this morning. So that's really cool. Um, and the higher the rating, you know, the more useful they are in stuff. Every time you send them out, I don't say every time, but every few times you send them out, they, uh, they'll kind of level up and their stats will improve. Um, cause the way the frigate system is, is they have, uh, a, I want to say four different categories, uh, exploration, commerce, combat, and something else. And for some of them, like I got, I just bought them because they were there and I needed more. Uh, but they had zero for like two stats, which isn't a big deal. I just don't send them out for that kind of mission, you know? Yeah. I don't have any that are zero anymore. I think the lowest something has in a spot is either two or five, which isn't great, but it's better than zero, you know? Right. Um, so I like that aspect of it. Uh, but yeah, so I'm looking, I, I'm, and I really need more money, uh, before I get an S class ship. The really good ones are going to cost like 150 million. Uh, I think my next upgrade that I'd really want would probably run me about 2025. So I can technically afford it now if I find one I like, uh, yeah. either a low tier S or high tier, uh, A. But once you get into a lot of storage, on a ship, it gets super expensive. Like there are C class ships I'm seeing that are like 14 million because they have 40 slots, which is cool wow. and all, but they're garbage for stats. You know, the weapons mm-hmm. suck. The 
speed sucks. Everything sucks about it, except for the storage. Um, but I'm trying to hold out now that I've got my current ship, uh, which is the focus on my current ship is damage output. Um, so I can fend off pirates and stuff. Uh, but I, and I, I might want to, I mean, it depends what I find. If I find a cool exotic ship, uh, I'll probably get it regardless of what type it is. Um, mm-hmm. but I'd like to have a fighter to, it's just easier to control and more damage output. Um, because I, probably the area I'm weakest in the game and I like the least is the space combat. Um, which, mm-hmm isn't a huge part of the game anyway. Uh, so it's not like it's a game break or anything for me. But just controlling the ship in space feels absolutely garbage. Um, I've heard of people using uh, Xbox controller on PC for when you're in space only and using keyboard for literally everything else. Uh, supposedly it feels better. Um, I haven't tried that yet. Maybe I will. But right now I kind of just try to avoid combat. Uh which isn't super easy to do sometimes, but um, when you when you're getting attacked by pirates, they actually hail you first, um, and you can ignore the hail and they just come anyway. But if mm-hmm. you answer, they'll be like, you know, give us whatever. Yeah, and you have four options. One is just reject whatever they're saying flat out. The second is bribe. Um, so you give them a little bit of money. Um, the third is you pay their demand. So say they're wanting 400,000 credits as the demand, the bribe will be like a hundred thousand, you know, mm-hmm. so not too bad. Uh, the bribe doesn't always work as I came to found out earlier. Uh, I tried bribing one and it was like, huh, that's not acceptable. Here we come, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So I had to yeah. fight them off anyway. Uh, the second one, I bribed as well because I didn't want to pay 400000 I was okay with the 100000 Um But they're like, all right, we'll take this for now, but we'll be back. Um, mm, they haven't been yeah. back yet, but uh, at least they didn't attack me. Uh, because when you get attacked, it disables your fastest form of travel. So you can't get away from them. You basically have to fight them or right. fly in a straight line for like 10 minutes to get rid of them, uh, which mm. really sucks. But yeah. the, uh, the fourth option on your uh, communication thing is to call the defense forces to help you in, fight, in combat, uh, which you can only do if you have a particular item, a uh, defense chit. Um, I've used it a couple times. Uh, first time was just to see what it did. Um, the second time I was either already hurt or I don't remember why the second time. Um, but it summons some ships and they help you fight. Uh, they're not, they're not the most useful things, but they also draw fire. If there's more than one, uh, enemy ship, more than pirate, they'll take some of the shots from those, uh, until you shoot at them. Uh, they typically focus on other things that are shooting at them. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's just, it's rough sometimes, um, between controls and the different types of weapons. Um, it, it's okay. Uh, space combat is probably my least favorite part, um, which kind of sucks in a game, you know, that's all about space exploration and stuff, but most of my time is spent on planets, not out in space. Uh, yeah. 
there are resources in space you get from asteroids and stuff, but not really important ones. The most important ones are always on planets. So my space is typically uh, going from the station to a teleporter or, or from a teleporter to a space station or from a planet to a space station to use the teleporter so I can go away faster uh, or go yeah. into space. And as soon as I'm able on the menu to warp to another system, um, I spend yeah. very little time in space unless it forces me to. Um, that was kind of going to be part of the first question I was going to ask you was mm-hmm. what, so I remember you saying toward the beginning of this that you were working on three main stories. Of course, yeah. without spoiling anything, what are these types of main stories? Because these are what people are going to go for. This is sure. the one thing that I'm interested in. Like, okay, so the game has a point now, apparently three points. What are these points? So the first story mission is uh, one I think has been in there from the start, or not from the start, but from one of the first or order updates. Uh, and it's the Atlas mission line, uh, where yeah. you find out more about Atlas. Um, I haven't progressed that one very much. I think I've only done like two objectives. It's kind of the one I've done the least of. Um, the second one is, I, I'm, so the second one is the one I was talking about with the, it's the anomaly, uh, quest line, which is, it's not a super, detailed quest line it's not a super uh full story quest line it's kind of a just something to do that's always there uh, there are two npcs in this little mini space station type thing um and you're one of the npcs you can turn into in your milestones too and get rewards for so as you may reach these milestones in the game which are things like anywhere from you know walks x distance to uh you know earn milestones um talk to this many aliens uh or this many life forms uh milestone um most of these i have capped out now uh there's one that's actually bugged that i don't have yet um there's one for killing so many of the robot NPC things. Uh, but basically, as you hit these milestones, you can go back and she'll give you some rewards. Um, the other NPC there is the one I was talking about, this little time-gated, uh, that asks you to collect data for them. Um, and they have a interesting little story to them, but it's not as, it's not as detailed as the other quest lines are. Okay. Um, it's more just something to do uh, here and there periodically um, from what I've seen so far. I haven't finished any of these. Well, I think I technically finished the third one or I'm close to finishing the third one. Um, and the third one has to do with travelers, um, which is what you are, your character is. Because um, there are uh, three main races um, in the game uh, and... The Traveler is, I don't know, the Traveler is either, I think the Traveler is technically considered like a fourth race, but Mm -hmm. with the, you can design your character now, Uh, there's a thing on any space station you can go to and change how your character looks, you can look like any of the races, 
Um, Do you play uh, first person or third person? So I play third person in the ship, first person on on my character. Gotcha. Um, I played a little bit of third person on the character, and I, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, I much prefer the uh, first person. But the ship, I like being able to see more around right. me in the ship, so it's better for that. Uh, I don't know if I'd enjoy flying more in first person um, as far as controls go, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know if it balance out even if it felt better, if I'd be okay with losing the field of vision. Um, but yeah, so the, the third storyline is the Traveler one where you're basically trying to meet up with this other Traveler, um, and you meet a couple others along the way, and I, I think I've made it through that one, or I'm really close to finishing it. I kind of hit a huge milestone uh, last night when I was playing through. Um, but I can't remember if the marker has actually gone from my menu now or not, or from my quest log. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the I want to say the Atlas one is the one that, you know, the overall goal of the game from the start was to get to the center of the galaxy. Um, mm-hmm. which isn't as important anymore, but I think that's what the Atlas story is supposed to do. It's supposed to push you in that direction, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's pretty, pretty much what that one is aside from, you know, what little I've seen. I think that's the end result is try to get you there. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the NPCs have, uh, I won't say unique, but there's a lot more dialogue from NPCs and space stations. Well, not everyone you go to will say something. Um, space, space stations have anywhere from, I want to say, 10 to maybe 20 on some of the more crowded ones, NPCs on them. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them will give you side quests to do. Some will just talk to you and you have your typical options of uh, getting them to teach you a word of their language. Um, uh, uh, what's the other one? You can give them uh, one of their, there are different items for the races and they're kind of like their races artifacts. So you can give them the stuff and that'll raise your reputation with them. As a faction, because each race is a faction, and then there are three or four guilds that are factions. Okay. So when you're doing these side quests and side missions uh, that you're given, those will, over time, rank you up with that faction and that race and unlock basically higher reward missions. Um, like, I think my highest guild ranking now is four, um, so I'm getting more missions to unlock. And my rewards are like twice as much uh, currency as before, you know, for a nice. little bit, only a little bit more work too, or the same amount of work in some cases. Uh, yeah. So it, it pays off to do that aside from, you know, obviously the currency rewards or the item rewards you get from them. Uh, it is well worth it. Um, I'm trying to think the... One of the annoying things is there are these little, like, random events when you talk to NPCs. It won't be the usual dialogue. It'll be like, oh, 
this guy does this and he's waiting for you to react. You know, it's like, okay, I react this way or this way. Um, mm-hmm. There's usually two options, uh, sometimes three. But you pick one and it's either happy or sad or angry at your decision. And then nothing happens. Like, okay. and you, But you can talk to him again and it repeats it and you can choose the other option and nothing okay. will happen. Um, okay. So it's like, this is kind of pointless. Um, there yeah, are very pointless. <laughs> there are some that will give you a reward or punish you. Um, there's one where uh, I've actually had a couple of these where you talk to NPC, you say the wrong thing, they literally punch you or something like that, and you take damage. What? Um, it's like, okay. <laughs> but if you get it right, you know, they give you items, they give you currency or nanites or something like that. But these other ones, literally nothing happens either way. Huh. And it's like, that's kind of, I don't like that. Um, I'm okay with them having, you know, different things to do or say or whatever. And at least, you know, get rid of the dialogue and change it to something else afterwards. You know, don't let me right. go back through it 10 times just seeing what happens when nothing's going to change. Yeah, um, I agree. But yeah, I've spent, I want to say I'm up to like 45 or 50 hours in the game now. Um, um, and I have a good bit left to do. Um, I, I was starting, I actually have a couple of note cards where I started planning out what my farming stuff, uh, cause that's one of the best ways to make money at this point in game where I'm at. Uh, so I was mapping out, you know, how many of each plant do I need? So when I go back every 30 minutes or whenever I go back to base, really, um, but you know, calculating off if I were to go back every 30 minutes, you know, what would be the optimal crop placement to maximize my money? Um, cause I can craft items that sell for a million credits each, but it yeah. requires me to get these materials. Um, now one of the easier ways to do it is just go to a planet with that material and get it. But that, you know, requires me to actually go out and do it. The farming I can have running on the side. And when I run across the materials, just doing other stuff, I'll pick them up and send them back to my storage and they'll be there when I'm ready to go back and craft. Um, nice. I actually have a couple bases that are purely there for the resources next to them. Um, so that I can easily teleport and uh, get some. The stuff doesn't... It's kind of odd with the respawns because some stuff does seem to respawn, but some stuff doesn't. And even mm. stuff that does respawn doesn't necessarily do it at a consistent rate. So I'm really confused on, you know, what determines if this place is going to respawn uh, anything. Um, yeah. Like one of my bases I built in the middle of essentially a tree farm. Um, there, normally to get materials from something, you shoot it and that material breaks off and, you know, teleports into your backpack, uh, you know, video game style. But... <laughs> uh, <laughs> The, there are others where you have to go up to and hold the action button and you like pick it off the tree, you know, like a plant or something. Yeah. Um, so I landed in the middle of that, collected it, and I was like, you know what? This is great. This was a ton of this resource. It's like 700 of them, more than I could hold, you know, almost. Uh, so I'm like, okay, I'll just build a base here. And, but I went back and it's never respawned. Um, if I fly around the planet, I find tons more. So that's still cool. You know, I can, uh, just do that if I really need the material. But I would expect at some point this should respawn. But I don't know what that is yet. Um, 
because like the one I'm thinking of, growing it in my place would only take 30 minutes. Yeah, 30 minutes, was this, which is essentially two planet days. Um, yeah. I think planets, a day on any planet is roughly 15 minutes, uh, if what I read was correct. So, you know, if I'm gone from the planet for an hour, it's not unreasonable to at least have some of them grow back. Uh, yeah. But maybe they never will. Maybe I picked them and, you know, that's it. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't like the idea of that. But Yeah, me either. Like, I can see how that would kind of sort of force more exploration, but I'm not, like, the, in your mind, if you go somewhere and you're like, I need this thing, you go mm-hmm. to the place, oh, I finally found it. Here it goes. And then you go to reset it, and it's like, yeah, it's not here. That's, yeah. nah, I don't like that. Yeah, and I think, um, like the the frigate missions, they reset daily. Um, I don't know what time yet. I haven't quite figured that out. I think it's like 9 a.m. or something, uh, my time, uh, Eastern time, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know what my time is. Uh, but... Nothing else seems to really go off that timer other than the missions uh, there. Um, probably the ones in the space stations do as well, but I always have those checked out anyway. And if you have one checked out, actually checked out, I mean, I'm, I have it claimed as if I'm going to do it. Um, yeah. I think those reset the ones that you don't have claimed daily as well. Uh, they also reset if you turn one in, you know, it fills it in with something else. Uh, which is useful. Because uh, I'll go do them, and I'll turn in like 12 of them at a time afterwards. It's kind of funny. There was a bug. I think they fixed it, uh, at least somewhat, where if you completed a quest with the same name, it would complete all the other ones for you. Oh, shit. <laughs> so <laughs> I had an instance of... They're, they're uh, your typical collection type uh, side quest where you, it's like, okay, I want 50 of this item. Okay, sure, I'll get it for you. Mm. Well, I collected the items for like five of these fetch quests at once. Um, had them in my inventory, but they you don't turn them in on the same place. It's like, okay, well, this one's over here, this one's over here. I'm like, okay, well, let me figure out what the closest one is. I'll go turn that one in and then, you know, progress through it. I went to this first one, turned it in, it took the items, and then I had four other completion messages pop up from turning in these fetch quests, the items were still in my inventory, though. So Jeez. I got credit for these three other ones for free because I turned in the one. Um, that part has been fixed. It won't let me turn them in. Or the uh, other part of the bug, if it didn't autocomplete like that, was instead of having to go to a different system, it acknowledged this spot as me being able to turn in the quest here. Um, wow. So it reset the turn in point to the spot. So I'd have to go from system to system, which is really good. Uh, but that seems to be fixed. Um, one I ran into earlier or before was taking a picture because there's a photo mode in the game and some of the little side missions, they want you to take a picture of a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, some are as simple as take a picture of a building. <laughs> okay, sure. Okay. Uh, take a picture of a land animal. Okay, sure. Um, there are some for more obscure things, like take a picture of a portal or a monolith, uh, which are going to take a little bit longer. Not that I haven't been to them, but I don't have any, you know, marked on my map right now, I don't think. Um, but before, 
I had taken a photo and it marked off like five of them. Uh, so I was like, okay, cool. I'll go turn them in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> even though the photo was nothing to do with what they wanted. Um, I think the one I did was uh, it wanted me to take a photo on a airless world or airless planet. Um, mm-hmm. And I finally found one. I was like, will this count? And it did count. Um, and it nice. also counted for, you know, some animals and some other stuff. <laughs> there were none in the picture. Uh, so it's some of the bugs, you know, they're game breaking bugs. They're annoying bugs, but some are pretty funny like that and just completely trivialize some of these things. But it's not bad. It's not like game breaking, you know, making it too easy type bugs. Um, yeah. I know there's a dupe glitch that people found. Uh, I don't know if it's been patched or not. I didn't bother doing it, but it basically double any any items. Um, so you could just you know make ridiculous amounts of money that way. Right. Um, yeah. You know, if you, go, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say I think the item that I got from my storage container. Uh, might have actually been duped, but it's only one, so not a big deal. But I think that <laughs> might have actually been what happened there. Thought I took it, or I had it in my inventory where I took it out, but when I deleted it, didn't think I did. So it's still in yeah. there. So I don't think it was supposed to be in there when I got it back. But I've also confirmed after that that items stay in. So I don't, and that wasn't even the dupe glitch that I heard about. So if that's one, it's news to me. Yeah. If you had to recommend this game to people mm-hmm. like who are the people you like you would recommend this to like if you're interested in this kind of gameplay or if you like this kind of gameplay this is going to be up your alley like who is this game for so if you like sandbox games you should go right now to steam or and i think you can go on consoles as well for even less but on steam right now it's half off mm-hmm. this game is totally worth 30 bucks um i don't think you should pay 60 bucks for it. Um, I don't think it's that good, despite all the time I'm putting into it. Um, for most people, I don't think it's worth 60 bucks. For just about anyone that has any interest in sandbox games, I'd say 30 bucks. <laughs> you'd be silly not to do it. Um, yeah. If you don't like sandbox games, don't get this game. There's not enough story elements, etc., to balance out the fact that it's a sandbox game. And if you don't yeah. like sandbox games, this one isn't going to change your mind at all. See, that's what I've noticed about myself with, I think, with Just Cause 2 being the being the only exception is that, like, I'm, I'm all for a sandbox game. Mm-hmm. But eventually, just running around and or just checking off boxes will eventually get old. Yeah. Uh, just Cause 2 got away with her me for so long and did it at least did the the scope is what made me put that game on my list is the fact that it's so it's so it's huge arguably this has to be larger because it's dealing with oh, yeah. the universe but yeah eventually the i would say the the combat is where it would fall fall after like okay i'm running around i'm exploring i'm gathering rocks mm, kind of bored now well let me default to combat after that, the story, and if, the, I don't know, I think eventually the game would get old for people. And if you're saying that 60 bucks is too much, then yeah, 30 bucks seems enough to be um, a passive entertainment, I guess you'd yeah. say. Yeah, it, um, and just exploration part, if you just do that, 
you can spend so much time doing it. There are so many different types of planets. Um, I've seen some on stream that I've never run across yet. Uh, I ran into one earlier that had bubbles just floating around. Nice. And it was otherwise pretty much barren. It was really odd. But I'd seen it on a stream, so I wasn't super surprised at that one. Uh, yeah. But there's so much variety. And even on the same planet, they have biomes. So you can land on a part of the planet, and you're like, okay, I got what the planet's about. You fly out to orbit, you know, do a quarter rotation around it, land, it'll be entirely different. Um, yeah. There's still core materials that'll be there, but instead of being... Uh, like on some of the planets that are like half water worlds, uh, which I don't think any planets are all water. I don't think I've run any that are completely water. But mm-hmm. you can fly for, you know, a couple hours in one direction and still only see water. Uh, going out to orbit is really your easiest way of traversing long distances. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, if anything's going to take me longer than 30 seconds, I just pop up to orbit, boost over, and then go back uh the atmosphere um but yeah there's so many different planet types um and once you get into more advanced systems like the one i'm going to almost all the planets are exotic in some way uh some planets are different just in the weather uh like mm-hmm. there are superheated rainstorms uh you know snow planets toxic planets uh uh irradiated planets um and that's just weather effects, you know? Yeah. Uh, there are others that have physical differences. Um, uh, the one with bubbles earlier, it was a, no, there wasn't even that one. It was, that was a, that was a crimson planet, which I don't know why it's called crimson. Um, but that's just what it's called and it has bubbles. Uh, but I ran into another one is a dead planet. Um, which is interesting. Um, there are planets which I haven't seen yet called glass planets. Uh, those mm. look really cool. Um, and yeah, it's the animals, the, uh, <laughs> there are some really funny looking animals, some interesting, some cool looking animals. Um, there are quasi dinosaurs on some planets. I haven't run any in my game, but I've seen screenshots of them. Uh, there's so much of a variety. You know, I think one of the issues, uh, when it first released was you go to planet to planet and, the animals would be essentially the same. So it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm really exploring. There's really this diversity, but now there truly is, you know, I've, that's a, that's a, that's a caution of mine and a hesitation of mine is that it seems like, you know, I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of people that once you go to like the 20th, 30th planet, like, all right, you pretty much seen what needs to be seen. Mm -hmm. That bugs me. And you know, it depends how much you explore. Um, and like I said, if how much you explore of each planet, too because uh, you may find an area yeah it's similar to another planet but if you go to the other side of it it's completely different you know something you've never seen before um, and I think that's kind of something to be aware of you know I didn't even realize that uh, until I noticed a stream I was watching they went to space and I was like wait if I look at the planet from space there's kind of this clear sort of line so to speak where things change um, it goes from water to land, or it goes from green to brown, or something like that, you know. Uh, and it's a, like I said, complete biome change. Uh, often the animals are different, or it'll share some of the animals, but then there'll be ones you can only find in each biome. Uh, ultimately, 
I've only been to maybe like 10 systems, which isn't a lot. You know, most people, they hopped on from one to another, but I've kind of, I have this core area I've stayed in, and I've only hopped to basically find other races, uh, or if a quest requires me to go to another system. Uh, yeah. I've been able to spend 50 hours, you know, on roughly 15 planets total with having, I think, four planets as my core. Because uh, I have my planet with my base on it, uh, my alpha base, mm-hmm. uh, which is where I built all my stuff at. And then I have some other bases. Like I have the one that's in a, uh, irradiated, uh, planet. That's the one with those plants I was talking about not respawning. Uh, I have one that's on a scorched planet. That's my, uh, scorched base. Cause there's a resource there I need. Um, I think I have one on an, on a frost planet as well. Cause there's stuff I need there, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I just set up one, uh, I put one on that dead planet. Uh, base death, I call it, because uh, it's really cool. Nothing to do there, really. I mean, you can get some items from it that sell. As far as resources go, not a whole lot of them. Uh, actually, no, that that's not true. There's my uh, that's my cadmium or whatever, one of the three rare resources. Uh, mm-hmm. That's my base for that resource. My next objective is to go, and that's in a uh, red system, um, which is one of the three not standard. Those red, green, and blue. And each of those requires different equipment to get to. Um, I unlocked the second one, so I'll, and I went there. Uh, actually, no, I think the bubble planet had the cadmium, and the dead moon, dead planet is in the blue system. Um, and I need the resource from there, and then I can get the green engine to go to the green one and get the green resource there, uh, or green then blue rather. Uh, so I have these things to do still. And like I said, I'm in the same little 10 core area. Um, I haven't gone more than like 500 light years from where I started. And the core is probably 180,000 light years away, you know, so I haven't even progressed towards that objective. Uh, there are these portals you can find, and that's probably how I'll get closer. You know, I'll find a portal, put in some coordinates and hopefully get closer, uh, and hop from there. But some people, they don't hang out in the system longer than to do whatever objectives they have there, and then they move on, you know. Um, yeah. Gather some resources, refuel, keep going. Uh, looking for, you know, the perfect planet to put a base on, which my main base isn't my permanent base. That's just where I'm doing everything right now for my big exploration later. Um, you know, I'll build up money, get a good ship, and then I'll travel. Um I'll probably have to travel a little bit for my ship. Uh, there are certain systems that are better for getting the rare ships. So I'm kind of, once I get these rare resources, I need to basically cap out or not cap out, but have discovered everything as far as minerals and resources go. Uh, once I have those, I'll have all the ingredients I need for anything I come across, any uh, upgrades I get or want to craft, you know, I'll be able to do all that and progress without worrying about it. Uh, nice. And then, you know, I'll start looking for a planet to put a permanent base. One I'm actually going to put some thought into, you know, instead of my little uh, prefab circle space house things uh, that I just stack up. Um, it'll actually be, you know, probably on a planet where there's not drastic weather. Like the one of my now, my main base, it actually switches from heat waves to cold waves. 
Yeah. In the span of like 30 minutes, it'll go from one to the other. And it's that's very, actually pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's cool from a, you know, exploration and from that planet perspective, it sucks for my base to be there. Um, yeah. So I'm outside working my farm because most of my farm's inside, but then I started expanding outside. Uh, just because putting it inside is ridiculous. Um, so I kind of have a big, uh, kind of area of pallets essentially I'm creating then putting these, uh, hydroponics things on them to grow mm-hmm. my plants. Uh, and while I'm out there working, I'm like, okay, I'll be in the menu and I'll hear the beeping from my stuff getting low. I'm like, oh, right. I need to get on my menu, stop crafting stuff, go inside <laughs> or refill my shields, you know, uh, and storms will pass. Like it won't always be, you know, a heat storm. Some planets will. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like the ex- yeah. most extreme planets, it's constant superheated rain 24-7. Uh, and that's kind of one of the things is there are planets you literally can't survive outside without babysitting your uh, hazardous uh, equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's there's so much to do. I, I wish I had uh, – I could talk more about the multiplayer, but so far I've just been playing by myself. Um, but hopefully next week I'll be able to talk about multiplayer some. I got to tell you, what you said earlier is it kind of brings a lot of, uh, kind of, kind of made me think of Breath of the Wild almost or any exploration game like that where, you know, the, the way that Breath of the Wild is designed, you could go through the main quest of that game. You know, mm-hmm. you could go through the main area and hit up, you know, 15, 20 shrines, whatever. But the magic of that game, the draw, the appeal, what puts that game almost at a 10 out of 10 for me is the, mm-hmm. all right, I'm on a cliff. I'm just going to fucking go somewhere. And then oh, yeah. 20 minutes later, you're like, you know what? I was actually going this way, but this thing seemed interesting now. Let me mm-hmm. go check this out. And then 20 minutes later, you're like, I was going this way, but I'm going to go that way now. Yeah. And then four weeks later, you're like, I'm not anywhere close to the quest. <laughs> and I really don't care. Like, I'm having fun just yeah. exploring. Are you saying that you're getting that kind of vibe with this game? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'll am i be on a planet and I'll be like, all right, I'm here to get this resource. That's the only reason I landed because I, you can scan from space and I'll show you like the four main resources you get from the planet, four or five, uh, typically the rarest ones you can find there. And like, all right, I need to land here because it has silver. All right, I need to find silver. I fly around for a bit. I'm like, oh, hey, there's a building here. Okay. Well, buildings give stuff. You know, they can give you some blue, a blueprint or maybe just an item, you know, maybe just nanites, whatever. But some, and, uh, one of the big things for the game, at least for me, uh, with the ship I have is fuel for takeoff. Uh, because flying around doesn't really take fuel when you speed up, uh, basically, uh, not faster than light travel, but, uh, the fastest speed your ship can go, that takes fuel. But when you take off, that takes the most fuel, essentially. Um, you know, getting up off the ground, which makes sense. Uh, but it makes landing a tougher decision, you know, he's like, all right, I can, with the ship you start out on, you can take off four times with the amount of fuel you can hold. My ship I have now, I can take off a whopping five times without having to refuel, um, Mm -hmm. which sucks. Uh, but I, (laughs) uh, between my ship fuel and my frigate fuel, uh, I think today, I, today was purely almost entirely, stocking up on fuel for my frigates uh, because the more you send out, the more fuel it takes, of course. 
Um, but I also have stocked up on uh, some of the materials I need for my ship so that I can make those faster, uh, which isn't as bad. I can go to pretty much any market and buy this stuff. Uh, but when you're flying around, a lot of the buildings, and especially like trading posts and stuff, they'll have little circles that light up when you get close and you can land in them. Uh, and there's kind of an automated landing sequence when you get close enough and press the button. But the big thing about those is not only are they really close to, you know, whatever that building is, but taking off from them is free. It doesn't cost any fuel. Hmm. So when you see a building, it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to stop because I don't want to waste fuel. But when you see a building and it has this indicator next to it, which is very obvious to see from really high up, I'm like, okay, I'll stop. Don't, even though there's nothing there, it's not costing me anything, but a little bit of time to check, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's like, okay, I'm here to find this resource. I find different resources. I find these drop pods or monoliths or things to do, you know, these, uh, uh, what do you call them? The emergency beacons. Uh, there's so much stuff to do in between A and B, you know. I may not find the resource. I've left planets without ever finding the resource I needed. Um, it's probably on the other side, like I said, in a different biome. But I spent so much time there, I was like, okay, I've spent three hours on this planet, haven't found the resource, I'm just going to move on, because at this point I'm just going to keep finding other stuff. I need to force myself back to some sort of path that makes sense. Um, yeah. That's kind of why I was doing my farming planning earlier, because I keep getting sidetracked, and there are other ways to make money, but this is something I can have running and always teleport back to my base and make money off of it. You know, I don't have to worry about yeah. taking my time to go find these artifacts to sell or go from planet to planet to scan things. Because uh, scanning things when you start off gives you a little bit of money, but you can get uh, upgrades on your scanner that increase that amount of units. So, like, when you first scan them, it's like, oh, hey, 300 units, whoopee. Uh, but these scanner upgrades will increase at, like, 5,000%. So... I think the highest I've personally gotten was like 360,000 credits from scanning one animal. Wow. Um, so yeah, so you can just literally, once you have those upgrades, which are really easy to get, you can just go planet to planet and scan animals and plants, and that's your income. You can explore and make money at the same time. Um, hmm. But like I said, I kind of stay in this core, so that's not really a huge money maker for me. Uh, when I do go to a new planet, it's really nice. Uh, I've made a large chunk of change off of it. But that's not my main source of income, you know, and I don't yeah. want it to be because I have things I'm trying to accomplish without going too far and doing all these things um, at this point. You know, I'm not ready to branch out yet. Uh, yeah. So I'm, farming is my primary source of income, or will be. Well, it seems like at a minimum you're getting enjoyment out of it. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing that you feel. I, I mean, you you already said, but yeah, it's it's worth at least the thirty dollars you spent. I mean, I spent sixty. I bought it at launch. Oh well, um, but it's worth the, it's worth thirty if anybody want to buy it right now for thirty. Yeah, if you're a fan of sandbox games, I totally think it's worth thirty at least just to try. Um, I mean, it's it's thirty bucks, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, really, I don't I don't regret spending the sixty on it with the amount of time I put into it at this point. Yeah. It's finally paid its dividends out after all the hubbub for you anyway. <laughs> yep, two years later. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's cool stuff, man. I'm glad you're getting enjoyment out of it. 
Yeah. Um, well, let's see. Do we have any any news to talk about or anything else? Otherwise, um, move into the I guess the only thing I'll mention, since I didn't really talk about Destiny 2 stuff, they started their Solstice of Heroes event. Uh, mm-hmm. It started on the 31st, I think. So mm-hmm. a couple of days ago. And that's yeah. why I'm saying I'll need to go back and play because that event started. Uh, there's a armor set you can get, and they're doing it a little differently. Uh, mm-hmm. You get the armor set, uh, essentially the green uh, rarity, which is the lowest, and then you upgrade it by doing certain actions. So instead yeah. of having to get drops over and over or gathering some currency over and over to do it, uh, you get the set, and then you have to upgrade it by doing stuff, um, by playing different modes, finding different things, you know. So it's a nice little... Uh, change from what they've done in the past. Haven't even started it yet myself, uh, but I'll hopefully be able to put No Man's Sky down soon enough to do that. It's, it's kind of hard right now because I'm kind of back in that, you know, whether it's No Man's Sky or Destiny 2, I'm only playing one game yeah. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. really have an end. Um, so, yeah. I feel like that's that's kind of an idea I get from No Man's Sky. The uh, the outside looking in is that I see like a shit ton of check boxes opening up. I see a lot of to do lists and a lot of exploring, mm-hmm. but I feel like eventually it's just going to get to a yeah. I've I've, I've done enough. I've yeah. done enough. The the thing with Breath of the Wild's exploration is like yeah, the exploration was great, but also it was the added thrill of oh, there's some enemies down there. Oh, there's an there's an enemy or a a group of enemies or oh they're they're fucking on horseback. Okay, well how am I going to handle this situation now? <laughs> or oh shit, that's an entire camp of them, you know. So yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I'm not sold on that game just yet. Even at thirty, I know that sounds bad, but it's just I I, I don't know the aesthetics. Uh, the it 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 seems very. It seems generic. I don't know another way to put it. Uh, I just don't see enough wow and pizzazz to make me get in there. But I will say, you actually had me pulling up the Steam page almost when you said <laughs> that the exploration is like Breath of the Wild because that's, that is appealing to me. The, the mindset of there's a lot to just, to just go f- fucking see, you know? Yeah. We'll see. Time will tell if if I ever get around to that side. But right now, I'm still kind of a I'm, I'm still a no. Um, yeah, I don't have any other news either. I can't think of anything else major. I'm trying to think if there's another game that I played, and I'm not going to do a fucking Kingdom Hearts like I did last <laughs> week. I don't think so. I think pretty much from the duration I've been playing, and like I said, there have been other ones. There have been lots of. There's still a bunch of other PlayStation games in my library. PS2. There's still my uh, my entire backlog is always at my beck and call. But yeah. for whatever reason, I'm sticking with with Wild Arms 2 right now. There may be a slight like one percent chance that I may just start getting bored with this game, but mm-hmm. it it hasn't hit so far. So have we'll you have you touched the uh, Mega Man X Legacy Collection? I have not because I own all of them, and okay. I I think there's a couple things that made me slightly interested in getting them, like uh, the the Maverick Hunter mode. I th- that I could be wrong, but it's a it's a it's a mode in the first one where you you basically fight two bosses at the same time, which sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I man, I'm I have 
all that stuff. So it's it, it's not sure. really going to offer anything new to the table for me. It's it's good though, definitely good, especially for the being out on Switch for mm-hmm. you know new audiences to get in on the Mega Man fun and smart idea to release all these before Mega Man Eleven come around as well. That oh, way, yeah. you know, uh, Mega Man Eleven is not Mega Man X, but. Sure. Any more Mega Man love you can throw out there. Yeah. I did see, uh, Merchoid. This is, uh, I, I can't believe how much shit I'm buying thanks to Facebook. I know Facebook's just loving that right now, but <laughs> there was a Merchoid ad that came across my, uh, Facebook feed that they're, they're going to be selling 30th anniversary Mega Man coins. And I went ahead and snagged up a couple of those <laughs> pre-orders. Those come out in September as well. Mm-hmm. I've never bought a coin for fucking anything, but the coin looked pretty cool, and I wouldn't mind having one. So, uh, happy early 30th birthday, Mega Man. <laughs> so, let's slide on in to today's topic, which is going to be times that you've been stuck in video games. The nature of this, it's more the spirit of this than the actual phrase. I learned that when I was looking around for uh, reminders or other stories from other gamers that have been stuck in games. And it seems for a lot of people, stuck in game is a universal thing where, uh, you know, I was stuck on this boss forever Mm -hmm. and the solution was to go grind i don't necessarily constitute that as or count that as fucking constitute really am i throwing that (laughs) word out there i don't even know i don't know what that means apparently uh i don't know if i would necessarily count that in this in this phrase because take uh i want to say take any boss you know you go you go fight the boss, the boss creams you. You're like, oh shit, I'm done. You go out, you grind about 10 levels, and you go stomp its ass. Yeah. That's usually how it works. That's not really stuck for me. Yeah, and uh, I agree. I, I was thinking about that, and I was like, well, you know, I mentioned, yeah, I'm technically stuck on this boss on Oct- Octopath Traveler. I just maybe need a couple more levels or change my characters. You know, it's not like I'm yeah hard stuck and I have to figure it out. I just have to do yeah. it. Now, if a boss had like a particular way to beat it, then I could uh, I, I could be swayed to count that. Like mm-hmm. if you were playing uh, if you were playing Final Fantasy VII, you were fighting Emerald Weapon. I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. You know stuff like that. Uh, a, another good example is Yasmat from Final Fantasy XII, which it is a long fight, but it's also the fact that it constantly shifts uh, weaknesses. It shifts uh, ways that abilities that you have to use abilities that it's immune to etc etc if it is a themed style boss i could see you being stuck because you're like i don't understand what they want from me what do they want me to do yeah but if if the solution is and that's just that's rpgs i mean i count this toward anything if you were playing I don't know, fucking Mario 64, and you couldn't get past fighting Bowser the first time. Well, you just got to fucking swing Bowser around better. Like, you just got to get good. That's not... If you didn't know that that's what you had to do, that I would count. I think that's the defining difference, is when something... When they throw something at you and you're like, I... I didn't know to do that or I couldn't figure out what I had to do. So if you're playing Mario 64 and you're trying your best to do stuff with Bowser and nothing's working, you're like, I can't beat him because I'm not even doing any damage. Mm-hmm. And then you find out that, oh, yeah, I had to pick him up by his tail and swing him around and throw him at these 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 points on the on the uh, screen. And those points are bombs. Oh, OK. Then that I would count. 
But if it's just, yeah, I just can't, I know what to do, I just can't do it right, eh, I don't really count that. However, uh, especially for, you know, our audience, if any of you guys want to write in, man, I count whatever. You guys want to tell me anytime you were stuck on a boss for any reason whatsoever, or an area, or a puzzle, or whatever. Uh, but yeah, that's the spirit of this. The spirit of this is to bring back those moments that, and I say this, I say this genuinely. I hope we've all had, I think they build character in us. Those moments <laughs> where you're in a game and you're like progressing, you know, you're fucking skipping through this game. Flowers are around you. There's great music playing. You're like, yay, this game is so fun. And the game goes, stop. And you're like, all right, well, I got to progress. And you're, they're like, no, you cannot get beyond this point. And you spend days, hours or hours, days, weeks, even trying to figure out what the fuck the game wants you to do. And then when you finally have the aha moment, be it hopefully you figured out on your own or you just said, fuck it, the Internet exists and you figured out the aha moment. You go, oh, OK, well, how the fuck was I supposed to know that? That's what I'm looking for. That's what we're trying to capture today. They may not all fit that criteria, but that's that's the spirit of this. I say this because, I mean, even in the boss mentality, there are still bosses out there that they they're not just, you know, level up. A good example is Lost Odyssey. That's an RPG that you can't go back and backtrack like you can't go back and grind they give you the enemies that you have up till that point they give you the items you have the magic abilities you have and all that and when you're there if that boss beats you and i'm pretty sure he's going to you just gotta fucking do that fight better and you have to do the fight better you also gotta kind of sort of hope for better rng but it's not okay let me back off and then go grind for an hour it doesn't work that way and uh, i also realize that lost odyssey is kind of an outlier not too many rpgs do that i would also say that there are rpgs out there where the where the uh bosses uh level with you so you know there are times where it can happen but the spirit of this is that you're stuck or you were stuck times where you you were just frustrated and hopefully didn't break too many items <laughs> uh and uh chris we'll just bounce this back and forth man i don't know how All many right. you came up with uh i got like i don't have many i have like like eight seven or eight but we'll just bounce them back and forth and you know just tell stories about these these games and these fucking moments in life uh in no particular order as well. My first one I've got on my list is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Now, this is going to share uh, a lot. A lot of the games, some of the some of the other games I have on my list, and this game share something in common: is that they are universally known for being either difficult or rage-inducing, or it has a <laughs> part in it where everybody got stuck at. And I promise you, because I'm not the guy to be a fucking contrarian, some of these are going to be, they're going to sound like I'm being contrarian, but I'm not. It's just I've had different experiences than other people had with this game. For this game in particular, it is known throughout the world for being so incredibly hard and so like that fuck that game because of the second level in that game, the damn level. Uh, for those that aren't familiar, uh, Ninja Turtles, it's an NES, it's a side-scrolling, beat-em-up, slash-em-up style game. Uh, you control any one of the four turtles. They all have their own independent health. You can pick up different items throughout the game. 
they are they have bosses, varying amounts of enemies. Uh, they try to sort of follow some of the cartoon graphics, but you're going to see a lot of enemies that that you just never seen before. <laughs> uh, it's a fun game, but I will argue that it is it is very difficult. I don't know why. I don't know who decided to make the game that way, but whatever. The main difficult spike that people know about this game is the second level of damn level and the way the level works is you are swimming which up until this point is a new mechanic for you matter of fact if you're in the first level of the game and you fall into the water i believe you either die or you lose a shit ton of health or something like there is a <laughs> swimming and then suddenly you're swimming so go figure nice. Um, and it, 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 I could be totally mistaken. It could also be like, if you fall in the water, you just start back at the beginning of the level or you get washed to a new area. I don't know. Either way, you can't just fall into a place and swim and get back out in the first level. Second level, nothing but swimming. You start the level in a little mini kind of NES cutscene. You jump into the dam and in the dam, you are swimming and navigating through these pretty fairly narrow, uh, uh, passageways. The passageways are actually not narrow. What makes it narrow is that there is this pink seaweed that's hanging up, is hanging vertically and, uh, throughout the area. And if your turtle touches the seaweed, even like on the pixel of the seaweed, you take damage. I believe you take a half a pip of health every time you hit it. The problem, another problem is that as you're swimming through that area, you are like, it's floaty because you're swimming. It's sure. not, you know, it's not direct. So if you realize that you push the swim button too much and you're swimming into the seaweed, it's not, oh, shit, let me back out. It's you're now in the seaweed. You're taking a hit, mm -hmm. a hit, a hit, and finally you're out. And this is throughout the whole level. The point, the object of the, of the dam is that there are bombs scattered all throughout these passageways and you have to navigate through the seaweed and through these vertical, vertical like electric beams that, that come on and off. And you're trying to get your turtle to the bomb. When you get to the bomb, they will automatically disarm the bomb and you move on to the next one. There's like eight or nine of these bombs. So the first task, the first part that makes it difficult is that and I realize I'm not even talking about mine. I'm just explaining why I understand the <laughs> dam is difficult. So, you know, I, I get it, folks. I've been there. Uh, while you're trying to in the, the big overarching task for you initially is trying to navigate the dam and figure out the best path because there's branching paths. There's a dam up here. There's a dam down. I mean, a bomb over here, bomb over there. And you're trying to figure out the best path while the whole time avoiding all the seaweed. So you're getting better at controlling your swimming. You're getting better at making your at pathing and eventually you'll get through it. Uh, it's the fact that you have four turtles is kind of good. It's in your favor because that's a lot more health you can throw at this level. Mm -hmm. Eventually you can get past it. It is a pain in the ass. It is very time sensitive. I, I don't, I think you have like two and a half minutes, something like that to get through the entire level. And it's, it's, it's really tight for, for me. I think it used to be like I'd have 15, 10 seconds left every time. So through the timing of it, through the damage, through the pathing, all that stuff, I get it. The damn level is very difficult. I would argue that once you learn the path and the fact that you have four turtles to work with, you'll eventually get past this. The, the, the difficulty this level is going to move on. Uh, it's going to, you're going to be past it. 
level three is where I got hung up in this game, and I'm I'm pretty much willing to blame the game on this one. That's something else I kind of mentally added to this list is I'm blaming either the fucking game or I'm blaming myself. <laughs> this one I kind of want to say that I'm blaming the game, and here's why. So, in level three, uh, the le- the area is kind of set up like level one, where you're you're doing platforming, you're going around finding items. I uh, believe in this one you can drive your tank. You you have a tank. I'm sorry. You're uh you can drive the turtle van around, and you can get uh, missiles. I think you could do this in the first level too. I I can't recall. It's not even the hang up point for me, so I'm not even worried about it. So as you're tra- as you're traversing through level through uh area three, you start finding these items that look like ropes. They may they may have had actual names on them. Like if you highlighted them, it may have said ropes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You could see that they look like ropes. Uh, imagine me, a kid. Oh, by the way, this is also the NES era. So this is a long time ago and well before internet. And I definitely did. I had no access to. This is one of those I just had no access. So if I was stuck, I was just stuck. This was like one of the first NES games I ever had. So it was, I just had to figure this shit out. So I'm going through this area and I got these ropes. I have no idea what they do. Like I've tried to select them, try to click them. They don't do anything. So I know that they're not like a disposable item or, or a weapon like mm-hmm. the ninja stars or the boomerangs. I just know I have sure. them. Okay. Obviously, duh. I'm going to have to use this. I'm going through the area, I'm going through the different buildings, I'm going through the different sewers or what have you, and I get to this, I climb up these stairs, ended up on the roof of a building, I walk around this roof, nothing happens, so okay, I go back down the stairs, I start backtracking all through area three. Uh, some other little key things about this game, this is, this because this was a Nintendo game, there is no save point. There is no, I mean, you, if you, you pretty much either die and the game's over or you turn the game off or you leave the power on if you want to stay where you are. (laughs) So, I mean, that combined with the usual, you know, if all your turtles die, the game's over, yada, yada, yada. So if I got stuck, well, I did get, when I got stuck in this game, I would get to level three. I get to area three, do all this fucking tracking around. Oh shit. It's 11 o'clock at night. Got to be at school in the morning. Time to go to sleep. I just turn the game off, start it all over again the next day. This level, this area is probably why I got so good at the dam because I tried to blow through area one and blow through the dam to get to area three to figure out where the fuck to go. <laughs> so I, another day would go by. I'd get to this area three. I'd grab these fucking ropes. I was smart enough to know that there was something with these ropes. These ropes did something. I was also smart enough to tell just by the the general direction that the game was pushing me to that I had to get across this rooftop. Obviously, I'm going to have to use this rope to get across the roof, but I don't fucking know how. I don't understand how to use them. I would try going on the roof and pressing the item. It would do nothing. Just stuck. I was stuck. I knew where to go, and I thought I knew what to do, but I did not know how to do it. One day, randomly, for no fucking reason, had the ropes, I got on the roof, and I either walked to or stopped at or uh, stopped at a certain point or something, and the turtle just fucking pulled out the rope and and just threw a fucking rope across the other side, and I, cr- I went across the roof. 
So apparently I was supposed to either, I was supposed to stand in like a very specific spot or, and again, this is over two decades ago. Maybe I stood in a specific spot and then it let me use the item. I don't remember, but I remember going on to that roof and walking all over that roof several times and nothing happened. And then one day it just fucking did it like, oh yeah, I'm going to use a rope now. So yeah, you just use the rope and you go across the <laughs> roof and you go to the next area. Yeah. So I'm blaming you. I'm blaming the game for that one. I'm not blaming myself. I didn't have anybody else to ask, and I didn't have availability. And man, mm. shh. the <laughs> the the brighter side of it again. Hey, I got really good at the damn level. So flash forward years and years when it's it's really hip and really cool to bash Ninja Turtles because of the damn level. I'm like, man, that fuck that damn level. <laughs> and this is gonna be a theme for me for a lot of these games where it's like, yeah, I hear what you're saying about this game being being harder because of this but nah it's this so chris what about you you know when you presented this topic i was like okay i also thought about i was like man i'm having a hard time thinking about stuff because you know i i think you know based on what you're saying earlier probably was probably attributed to how much uh internet access i had you know for yeah pretty much ever i was like okay if i'm this stuck is, i just go is- look it up this is uh, something that I've come across myself as I've noticed that a lot of these titles that I'm that I'm bringing up or a lot of the times that I remember having games in my life where I actually got stuck. It really stopped for me around the SNES era, because after that, uh, the PlayStation era is when I started having access to Internet. And then beyond that, like, shit, I was done. Yeah. I mean, even in the SNES and PlayStation era for me. Uh, for whatever reason, I know they existed before that as well, but I also started slowly gaining access to players guides and Nintendo Power and Game Pro having all these tips and tricks areas and damn near full guides in them as well, like full level tutorials almost. Yeah. So it was at the time in my life, like the NES, the Game Boy and early SNES time in my life where if I was stuck, I just didn't really have a way to figure it out and i think that's going to be the same for you maybe shift up the years but yeah, yeah you know if you just got access to what you're only going to have so much patience <laughs> where you're like look f- fuck it it's it's time to go figure this shit out yeah. come here internet so the first game i'm present is old not as old as yours but uh it's a sega game uh we've talked about it once or twice you know here and there uh biohazard battle mm-hmm. um I had mentioned that I recently went back and played this game. Um, we've talked about a little bit of how difficult it was, you know. I progressed using save states um, to a certain point, mm-hmm. uh, which save states weren't really necessary until I got to the level. I think it's like the fourth one or something. Uh, it's or it might be third. It's when you're in the jungle again. And there's the big crab things. Yeah, uh, I it's either near the end of that level. Or the, the next one. But it is just, it's one of those things where it's like, how is this possible? Um, yeah. And that's where I left off on my new playthrough because it's like, well, first off, I don't know how to damage. I think it's against the boss after that, or it might be the boss on the jungle crab level. But yeah. I'm like, first off, how do I damage the boss? Second off, how do I not die? Because um, there's so much stuff on screen. Uh, no matter which weapon I have, I can't hit the boss and not die, or 
you know, I hit the boss and I still die and the boss isn't taking damage because, you know, you mm-hmm. got that classic flashing or whatever to indicate you did damage. Not seeing any of that. Still couldn't tell you how to beat it. Um, but that's, <laughs> that's a pretty much hard stop, uh, for me on that game, you know, yeah. uh, until I go back. I don't think that's a game I'd actually go look it up. Um, I think something like that, there's only so many combinations, so many options, you know, you should be able to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, but man, I spent a good, and this wasn't spending a lot of time. Um, I know I, yeah. we spent a lot of time back in the day, so I can't mm-hmm. tell you how long we spent then, but that day, you know, I beat the first few levels are like, you know, five minutes each or so. I spent mm-hmm. like 15 on this one. I was like, all right, I guess I'll move on to something else for now. Uh, yeah. Come back to that some other time. Cause man, you, br- you bring up a good point. That's something else that goes into like the criteria for stuff like this. And we're talking just for this discussion. Again, if we, if you want to talk about a, a boss that was bad for you or a level that was just hard for you, it's it at all. If you're stuck, you're stuck. But, <clears throat> I think some of the criteria that knocks that knocks this, you know, left or right is okay, did the game give you enough to where okay, man, you should have figured this out. I will tell you now there are a couple on my list I'm going to bring up today where the game gave me damn near pointed the finger and said, "You need to go that way." And I said, "I don't know what you want me to do." <laughs> it it can't happen. But a uh, a good example and I, I wish Adam was here uh he he I, I bring this game up all the time this is this is one of my wheelhouse games uh is uh Mylon's Secret Castle for the NES this is not one of my games it's just a game to give a good example for this a lot of games in the third i would definitely say this the third generation of games and even slightly in the fourth they started becoming incredibly difficult because the idea behind it is oh well if you go buy this player's guide mm-hmm. you know you'll figure it out or if you subscribe to x magazine you would have known that you know <laughs> uh, nintendo was ve- as much love as i give nintendo they were very bad for doing this mm-hmm. uh especially with their love for nintendo power like uh like the example i'm gonna talk about now is mylon secret castle i want to say avgn did a did a video on this so you can you can check that out to get all the rage inducing commentary that i'm not going to tell you right now and bore you with uh his video's better just saying but then my commentary on this game the just the if you're looking down upon this game the idea that i took from it is there is shit in this game that is so incredibly obtuse and obscure that you need some kind of guide to get through this game like you'll walk into a room and you'll see a door and you're like okay well obviously i need a key let me figure out where the key is i kill all three enemies in the room no key drops okay i try to move around the room and just search walls and search things nothing i go out of the place i go out of the room and go into a previous room kill enemies do searching nothing works i try spamming different items and throwing them against walls or doing whatever no 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 the solution is if you have your cursor on this item and you press this button and you walk up to the orange, not the blue, but the orange square, and then push back and then play the whistle, a key will appear. <laughs> that 
That's the kind of shit that pisses me off. Wow. That's the kind of shit where it's like, no game, no. This says I'm not. This is not where somebody can figure this out, and you're not even given proper tools to let somebody figure this out. What you yeah. have to have is some kind of guide, either a player's guide or some magazine subscription that happen to have you know a, a guide in it to figure it out. And you definitely saw this a lot back in the day. You could argue that there are some games that did it in later generations. Another one comes to mind is I believe it was Final Fantasy X. There was a weapon that you could get in that game, but it was like you couldn't open these four treasure chests. I, I may be confusing that with 12, but either way, shit like that, that bugs me. Like stuff that's completely so far out there and there's like, there's no way like what am i supposed to do go through the game and not open treasure chests who mm-hmm. does that from the get-go and how would i know that those four specific ones and yada 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 um so yeah just some food for thought for the whole getting stuck criteria sometimes it legitimately is not your fault in the older 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 generation games they're it, there's some shadiness to it. There, there's design in there where it's like, let's get some more money out of it. I'm not down for that at all. Yeah. Um, next one I'm going to talk about. Oh man, this is an embarrassing one. This is very embarrassing. Uh, one of my, one of my, uh, still debating on where it's going to be top three or top four Zelda games of all time. I'm looking at you, Breath of the Wild. Is uh, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. This is one of my absolute favorite Game Boy games ever. Mm-hmm. Love this game. This is one that uh, I I think I got it. I think I got a Game Boy that came with Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening for a Christmas present or a birthday present or something. And this game is so good. I treasured this game. Love playing it. Just good music. Good look. Good Legend of Zelda game all around. So the first place, and mind you, uh, Chris and audience, I wrote Nintendo personally for both of these solutions. That's how desperate I was, and that's how that's how I was as a kid. Fuck it, if I can't figure it out, write the company. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first place of two that I got stuck at in this game, and I mean for days on end, was uh, Bottle Grotto. Not the area, not the dungeon, but the boss. The hook to Bottle Grotto, which was the, I believe it was the second dungeon in Link's Awakening, was the dungeon that you got the power bracelet, the ability, the the item that lets you pick up heavy objects. <laughs> I think, I want to say in this game, you could not pick up even like pots until you got this. I think that was a key thing. Uh, maybe, yeah. Maybe, I think so. Uh Either way, the idea was when you got this, before you had this, when you try to pick up objects, lots of objects, it will tell you you're just not strong enough or you can't pick that up. When you get the bracelet, you can start picking up everything. That's big key number one. I would have to go back into this dungeon and see if there were actual pots in this level. Because if there were, that's going to add even more embarrassment to my predicament. But... I got the bracelet. I made my way through the dungeon. No fucking problem. Easy peasy. Piece of cake. Puzzles. Easy. No problem. I get to the boss, and I cannot beat this boss. Uh, I had to look and see when this game was released and figure out. This was this was early teens. I think this was very early teens for me. Anyway... I'm fighting this boss. I can't figure out how to beat him. I'm swiping him with a sword. He looks like he takes damage, but nothing happens. I 
hit him with a bomb. Looks like he takes damage. Nothing happens. I hit him with a sword and then blow a bomb up next to him. Nothing happens. I'm trying all these items. I think there's like some powder that you have. I think I tried throwing a powder on him. Didn't work. If there was an item in the inventory, I tried <laughs> using it in some way, shape or form. <laughs> I was using my sword and tink, tink, tink against every wall. I was, bl- I was, I said, fuck it. Maybe that's not good enough. I blew up every wall. I'm telling you guys and gals, I'm talking from power up to power down. I was stuck on this boss for days, days. I was visiting family, uh, in Missouri and my grandfather had a typewriter, an old clickety clack typewriter that he let me use. And I had the idea to write Nintendo or type Nintendo a letter. Hey, can you help me? I'm a dumbass and I can't <laughs> kill the bottle grotto boss. Two weeks later, I got a, I got a mail, a letter back from Nintendo. You said that you had the power, the power bracelet, which you had to have to get to the boss, hit the boss and then pick him up. And I'm telling you, you <laughs> I felt like such a fucking dumbass, even for a kid. Because, duh, Chris, of course you pick up the fucking thing. There, I'm, I'm telling you, there was, I'm telling you, there were, I, I think you couldn't even pick up pots in that game, but if you got the bracelet, you could. There were so many context clues to just, this is how you do it. And I couldn't figure it out. Just could not figure it out. So, yeah, I went into the fucking room, hit him with a sword. He was stunned. I had the bracelet on. I picked him up and threw him at the wall and then progressed through the fight. Holy hell. That was That is one of the, that is, I'm going to say, the most ignorant I've ever felt about a game. Because <laughs> I, sh- I should have known better. I wasn't some Legend of Zelda guru at that point, true enough. But I should have figured that out. That one, Nintendo... That one was on me. So, how about you? You know, I I should have put that one on my list, too, because that's one of the uh, few games I actually kind of stopped playing because I literally couldn't progress. Um, Mm -hmm. That boss you're talking about, I never saw it. Um, (laughs) I I don't know how far in the game is. Maybe that's where I was stuck at. You know, maybe I... Yeah, that makes you wonder where you got uh, stuck at, because I think that's like the second dungeon in the game. I... Really, I feel I like I, so. I I feel like I got through more than two, but maybe not. Um, but I got to a point where I literally had no idea where to go next. Um, mm-hmm. I spent hours, hours scouring the map, trying to trigger anything, trying to go in places, trying to you know figure out if there's something, a dungeon I was missing or whatever. But I literally couldn't find the next area. Um, uh, I. <laughs> I mean, to this day, I'd love to go back and play it and just to see how uh, bad it was. Because I was even younger when I was playing that. Um, you know, when you say you were in your teens, I was probably, uh, you know, 10 or younger. <laughs> Bottle so, Roto is the second dungeon in Link's Awakening. And look, I, I want I want to stress this too as well, by the way, because I know this is going to sound like I'm like talking down to you or talking shit to you. I totally am not. And I'm not, I don't, I'm not 
saying any of that to Chris, and I don't think he's saying it to me either. This is something. This is another talking point of these uh, of these games. There is nothing that infuriates me more than I'm telling somebody about a time that I was stuck in the game, and they're like, "I did that on the second try." Like, <laughs> dude, I don't fucking care. I'm like, I hate people that act like they're so perfect in games, like they don't get stuck. I'm sure there's, and I know this because of Sweet Coden. I know there are games out there that you have gotten stuck on where I was like, yeah, I, I went past that. This is going to happen in life. Like the, your trophies in life should not revolve around. I, I've, I got that and you didn't because we all have those. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny story about sweet code. And I know I've told this on here, Chris, but mm-hmm. I just, just, just for emphasize this point. One of the first uh, times I ever got to personally play a PlayStation at my house, a friend of mine let me borrow his, an ex-friend of mine let me borrow his. Uh, he let me borrow uh, Doom, Resident Evil, Twisted Metal 2, and Sweet Coden. Again, Sweet Coden in that mix is still crazy how random out of nowhere, uh, especially given the, the popularity that game had back in that time, which was nobody knew about this game. Yeah. Anyway, the the deal was he was going to let me borrow the PlayStation for two solid weeks, but he was stuck in Sweet Coden, and he said he, he didn't tell me where. He just said it was somewhere toward the early part of the game, and if I would get past that part for him, uh, he would let me uh, keep it past the two weeks. And, yeah, this man was stuck at in like the first I think 10 15 minutes of sweet coding <laughs> in Gregminster and yeah you laugh and I could too but I can understand how he got stuck mm-hmm. uh that you you have to the 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 king tells you to go do this thing and you got to go talk to this guy and he says yeah you're going to go on this mission hey go talk to the dragon knights they're going to let you fly a dragon away from here the actual area where the dragon knights are the access to that is kind of a little obscure like there's kind of some grass some bushy area that's in the way so unless you specifically know that's where to go which they even may tell you that hey it's on the east side of the castle and you just didn't pick it up but i i got past it for him and i'm like man this is way early in the game but i could see that now i could see where you just didn't see that as an opening that makes sense but this shit the bottle grotto thing that's like nah man come on come on you got the i got the bracelet in the level I should have figured that out, but yeah, if everybody gets stuck, gets stuck in games at some point, whether it is a boss, you just have to grind to get past or there's a puzzle you don't figure out. I would argue that there are times where getting stuck in a game is actually a good thing because one of the great things about playing video games is the aha moment. It's the, hmm, and puzzle games, RPGs with certain puzzle triggers. A lot of these games are known for this, and I will admit you get enjoyment of it, out of it. When you're in an area and you're like, hmm, I know I have to go forward. I know there is a way to progress, but I cannot figure it out. And you either put context clues together or you scratch your brain and, and, and work it out or trial and error, whatever. And when you finally have the, aha! That's a great thing. You know, it's not something you always look forward to, especially when you're having a lot of fun with the game and the game's just stopping your progress and you're, you know, cracking your controller into. I get it. The bad things happen. But, you know, being stuck isn't always bad. It, it, if, if the, sometimes the game, game companies engineer that to give you a place to think and to feel good whenever you figure it out. So. Uh, 
what was, yeah, what was so, your next one, Chris, or did you have a next one? I'm sorry. So real quick before we get off that, just to be clear, um, that's – and just make sure I'm talking about the same game. Um, mm-hmm. This was the one that had, like, the big egg and the owl and stuff, right? Yep, that's Link's yeah. Awakening. I I couldn't tell you. I think I'd have to go back and play to figure out where I got stuck, but man – I have never had such a rough time in a game as I did with that, <laughs> trying to figure out what to go. And it wasn't like I was fighting a boss and losing, or didn't know how to beat a yeah. boss like yours, you know? Yeah. It was literally, I couldn't figure out where to go. It happens, man. And I've noticed a trend, too. It can happen in Zelda games. There are lots of Zelda games that have this, where do I go, or what do I do, or how the fuck was I supposed to know that? We're going to get to a couple of those, folks, trust me. But yeah, man, shit happens. I, I don't... I don't judge. You, you'll you get stuck for who knows what reason. And I guarantee you there's going to be times where I've played a game and I've got stuck and you're like, yeah, I, I don't even, that wasn't even a thing for me. Yeah. So what's your next one? Um, so another old one, uh, sticking to the Sega generation for now, uh, Altered Beast. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another one where it's just kind of figuring out, you know, how to live. Um, <laughs> that one, it, I think it kind of ramps up really quick is kind of the issue with that game, uh, yeah. or where the difficulty curve is mm-hmm. because you start out and you're like, okay, I punch these guys, they die pretty straightforward, you know, um, yeah. there's not a whole lot of them. They may come from both sides, but not, okay, that's manageable. Um, I think it's about the third level. Um, it's either... I want to say it's the one where you have the were tiger, or maybe the one after that. I don't think I ever got the bear. Uh, I think it, I've gotten the bear before, but it was like once or twice in my life. Yeah, that's way into the game, I think. But right about there, it really scales up in difficulty. Um, yeah, and it's one of those things where it's just getting stuck because it's just so difficult to live, uh, and that's kind mm-hmm. of a trend with these old school games is they just scale things up on you pretty quick in some cases like this where you're just, you don't know how to handle it. Um, yeah. Because I think in a lot uh, of modern games, you see where it kind of ramps you up bit by bit by bit, you know, one more anime at a time, and then you kind of get into that rhythm and uh, you're able to acclimate to it a much uh, quicker. Yeah. I think a lot. I think this one in particular as well. Didn't we find out that uh, Alter Beast was based off an arcade game? Uh, I think so. I think it was, and it, even if it wasn't, it's fine. the The point I'm getting at is a lot of these older games that were ported from arcade, or even a lot of games that were around it for some reason, even games that seem seemingly not arcade ports, kept this super high difficulty mentality in place because that's just how they were made. Like they weren't necessarily concerned with making it difficult because of challenge. They were just making it difficult because that was like the trend, uh, you know, the contra nature, you know, let's have one hit. You're dead. And you have like two, two lives and it's game over. Like, let's make all, let's make as many games like that as we can. And games today are like, yeah, no, we have continues and we have, uh, checkpoints and we have automatic mm-hmm. saving. And, you know, we would much rather you just figure out the puzzle than start the whole fucking game over. <laughs> yeah. 
And this is something for, you know, generations like mine and earlier and even ones, you know, like Chris's like, man, I, I have put my time in. I have done my time with games that are like, yeah, if you want to, there's nine levels in, in this game. If you want to beat it, you just got to keep playing the first eight over and over again in succession until you, you know, get to the ninth level and then figure out the ninth level. You know, I, I am perfectly fine with games being as progressive sensitive as they are these days because man i remember the old shit (laughs) it was yeah it felt kind of rewarding to just do it but man i've already done it so fuck it give me give me save states give me continues (laughs) let me keep my progress please uh next one for me was uh same game legend of zelda links awakening second time i got stuck in this game Thankfully, the only other time. So I'm in, I want to say, the sixth or seventh dungeon. Uh, It's called Eagle Tower. And I'm progressing through this level. I forget what the special item is in Eagle Tower. Uh, And I forget. It might have been like a more powerful glove. I don't remember. I, I, I don't remember the gimmick item is what I'm getting at. But I made my progress through this through this level. And... One of the things about Eagle Tower is that it had multiple floors, which were accessed via stairs. Uh, you could also, it had that, uh, kind of floor effect where if you fell down this hole that had this special color and you would fall down to the next level. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of vertical, uh, maneuvering in this level. And, you know, I got keys. I opened doors. I'm not sure if I did or did not get the special weapon. I forget. I think I did fight the middle boss, uh, a mid boss in it before I got stuck. I don't remember. I kept making as much progress as I could in this tower and I couldn't progress further than what I needed to. You know, it got to that point where what there was an, un, there was a locked door that I did not have a key for or there was an area that I had to move blocks for that could not be moved or whatever. I gone as far as I could in Eagle Tower and could not progress. I think this one was really bad because it got to the point where I left Eagle Tower and went back to the, the town and tried to talk to people. I tried to go to the dungeon before it and see if maybe I had picked up a key. Like I did some serious backtracking. Could not figure out for the life of me how the fuck to, to progress in this level. I wrote Nintendo again. Hey, Nintendo, it's me. Yep, the Bottle Grotto guy. Uh, I'm stuck again, not on level three, thank God. I'm stuck on level six or seven, whichever one it was. And I can't progress through this tower. Help me out. They wrote me a letter back, and I, I, this is something I wish about my life, man. I actually had all, I wrote Nintendo like eight or nine times, and I had all those letters because they wrote me back for every single one of them. But I, I lost them. I had them in a manila envelope somewhere, and they got lost in life. Not in Katrina, unfortunately, uh, fortunately. They just got lost somewhere. Anyway, uh, they said, hey, so in Eagle Tower, and there's multiple floors. You've seen that. Have you seen, uh, the, there, there are four pillars on, in certain rooms. Uh, these, these pillars are essentially what are holding up the floors above it, all the way up to the top. If you've noticed in the level, there's like a, there's like a black shell. If you pick that shell up and throw it at the pillars, one by one, you will break the pillars, causing the top 
the floor above you to fall down and basically marry with and make a new level of the one that you're on, so on and so forth. So the idea was you were, over time, supposed to collapse this tower, Mm -hmm. and by doing so, it would open up slash create new areas for you to explore. This one, I'm going to give this one to you, Nintendo. Um, I, I could see some context clues of how this, like, no other, okay, so no other level had this, this pillar situation, and no other level, level had that black shell. Uh, I think that I had picked that shell up and maybe even had thrown it at enemies, but I never even, not even by accident, threw it at a pillar. And ha- I didn't think to do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'd take the blame 50-50. Maybe this is something that I had enough clues for to just figure out. I just don't think in my mind that I would have said, fuck it, what else can I try? Uh, let's throw this shell at the pillars. It sounds common sense, but my youth mind at the time just could not figure that out. I did not grab it. Sure. And when I, and of course, when I did it, I progressed through the level no problem. I beat the new brand new boss no problem and moved on with life. But that, that held me up again for, close to th- two or three weeks to a month because I had a I, I kept playing it kept not figuring out backtracked wrote Nintendo got a letter back so yeah definitely a sticking point for me I didn't feel as bad as I did for the bottle grotto one but I, yeah yeah still got a sticking point this is the second Zelda sticking point for me by the way so yeah Chris what about you so jumping up a little bit in time uh not very far. You talked about Final Fantasy VII, uh, Emerald Weapon. Uh, Emerald Weapon was pretty tough. Uh, especially if you had the time limit and didn't know how to, you know, get rid of it. Uh, but what really got me was Ruby Weapon. Um, man. Without, and I, I literally just learned in like the last year additional gimmicks to that fight that I didn't know about. Um, it's one of those that, you know, <laughs> back then, the only strategy I could come up with to even, you know, come close to beating it was the old uh, Knights of the Round times yep. however many, you know, on everything. Yep. Counterattack, <laughs> revive, anytime I can do Knights of the Round 16 or 32 times, yep. do it. Uh, Two times summon, four times summon, fucking yeah. mimic, yep, just fucking yeah. spam damage. <laughs> yeah, and... I, I, I'm pretty sure I beat it, but I'm trying to think if I beat it without cheating. <laughs> Cause yeah. Final Fantasy 7, I beat it legit, but I also played it a lot with, uh, uh, Game Shark. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not actually sure if I ever beat Ruby Weapon without cheating. Um, I could go back now and do it, you know, because I know more about the gimmicks, but man. I'm trying to remember the, and I think I've only done Ruby and Emerald Weapon respectively once each in my life. Mm-hmm. It was one of those like, okay, I, I earned that personal trophy moving on. I remember Emeralds being the time thing, but I think wasn't the only really gimmick about Ruby was that the fact that he like takes one of your characters out right at the beginning of the match. Yeah, so he, he had can to fight the match with two. It can actually take out two if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, wow. But. Uh, like I said, I learned a gimmick. If you start the fight with your your two party members dead, you revive them and you have all three and you don't lose them. Nice. So it's one of those things like, okay, well, I never would have thought about that back then. You know, I wanted to go in full health, full everything. Why would I start with dead people? Yeah. Um, and then there's other tricks to try to avoid the uh, 
you know, big attacks and stuff. Mm. Uh, stuff I've learned from basically speedrun strategies, uh, mm. you know, beating it under leveled with minimal stuff. You know, what's the least you can do to beat Ruby uh, yeah. without cheating, essentially? Because yeah. uh, there are glitches that make it even easier. Uh, there's one involving Vincent that lets you do ridiculous damage. Uh, or I don't think it increases damage, but what it does is it skips the uh, Knights of the Round cutscene, but does all the damage. Oh, nice. Which saves a ton of time. Yes, um, saves a ton of time. Yeah, because that's like, I don't know, 45 seconds minimum each time it does it. Yeah. Something like that. Uh I think it's like 30 seconds every time, but doing it 12 times over and over and over, it adds up. You said you have the PC version of that, right? Yeah. I think I do too. I should know. No. Uh, Yeah, I do actually. I I can't remember. Does the PC version have a way to skip the summon cutscenes or fast forward them? I don't think so either. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but if it does, I've never used it. Yeah. Um, well, let's hope the remake has that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe it looks so good you don't want to. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. May, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Ruby Weapon, that was a really tough fight. Um, like you said, you lose one of your party members immediately, and I want to say you can lose both. Uh, so fighting, and it's not like dead where you can revive them. They're literally They're thrown white. off the screen, yeah. Yep, inaccessible. Done. Yep. You cannot use this character in the fight anymore. You're now down to two, and apparently maybe even down to one. Yeah, I want to say you get down to one, but maybe I'm just that annoyed with it that I thought it Either was way, one. Depending on what level you go in, and without having that knowledge, you walk into the fight and they go, they just wipe a player off the field. That's that's yeah. that that's difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of shit that you can't have anymore, and you can't predict which one. So it's not like okay, well, I'm gonna you know not put anything good on that character. You had to have good stuff on all three of your characters or you're going to lose, you know, whatever strategy you're going for because that character's gone. Um, Did you did you miss resetting the game when you were trying to breed Chocobos? Get ready to reset again, buddy, because you (laughs) lost the character you didn't want to lose. Yeah, I reset a lot at that point. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, another one for me is uh, Blaster Master for the Nintendo Entertainment System. This is one of my favorite games on the NES. I love this game. Uh, and it it has its difficulty spiked in it as well. Uh, I do have my own personal trophy of going through this game and not using the not using the uh, pause glitch, but I'll tell you now, folks, when I beat the game all the way, I use that fucker every time, even to this day. I love the pause glitch. It makes the boss battles go a lot quicker. Uh, but none of the bosses I count as, as me getting stuck. I'm sure that I had, I remember going back through this game multiple times because bosses would kill me. What hung me up on this game the most, what gave me the days and weeks of, I don't fucking know what to do. This game was one of the first games that really made me understand the level that a company would go to when it comes to backtracking. 
uh, it made me understand that, look, okay, if you, and again, I say that because this was like one of the first few games I ever played for Nintendo. So this instilled in me at a very early age that, look, man, if you're stuck, you may have to go way back. And I mean, way back. Pay attention to your surroundings as you're going through a level. You know, take mental or physical notes of things that you see. Uh, this, this is one of the first games that kind of instilled the Metroidvania you know, hey, keep a running memory of what you're going to get into because you may have to go way the fuck back. Because in Blaster Master, when you had to go, when you left Area 6, uh, I ran all over Level 6 trying to figure out how to get to Level 7. Could not figure it out. Uh, I went back to level five, went all over level five. And again, I'm saying this, and this goes the same thing for Zelda, mostly any of these games. I'm not saying these in one setting, and especially a game like this where you had, there's no continue, there's no save point, no password. When you get to level six and you beat the level six boss, it's like, well, I just need to figure out where the fuck to go. And I'm going to leave my power on and hope the power doesn't go out or hope my mom doesn't turn it off or whatever, because I I, I, I now have to figure out where to go. So I would beat level six and I would run all over this game everywhere. And the progression point to level seven was all the way back in level two of this game. Now, Again, I'm going to blame this one on me. I'm not going to say this was the game because I didn't understand this type of gameplay until this game. I didn't get mm-hmm. the idea of, yeah, you may have to, this put the B in backtracking for me. This is the first game that really put the B in backtracking. Uh, because now as I played the game in my later years, uh, or actually even any year past that, I realized that as you're progressing through level two, you can come across that area and you can see that, okay, there's an area that I can access, but I can't access it now. You have to remember at this point in my life, I had not played like Castlevania two. Symphony of the Night was not even in thought. So these, these games where go over here, there's a door, don't know how to go through it, go over there. I need to get up to that. I need to jump higher to get up there. That was not in my mind set at all. This is the first one to do that. So I'll give this one to the game. You know, you, you did your part. You showed that there was stuff there. And I just, I needed to learn that, you know, you may have to backtrack a pretty good ways. Uh, it was just unheard of at the time to go, damn, man, I'm six levels in this game. I got to go all the way back to level two. Yep. I did. And once I did, you know, I progressed. I went to level seven and had my heartache there. And from then on, I knew the, the route and the path and all that. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's another sticking point for me. Uh, Chris. All right. So, uh, jumping forward in time a little bit more. Uh, I think I've talked about this one briefly on here. Um, and you may or may not have much to say on it, but I don't know which Souls game it is. I want to say it's Dark Souls. But there is a level. And, you know, Souls games, I get it. They're difficult. Um, I can handle, you know, getting one-shot by enemies because I'm not doing well. You know, that's part of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm not, you know, like you talk about, if I'm not controlling right, of course I'm going to die. Yeah. But one of the most frustrating ga- things I've ever experienced in a game is the scaffolding area. Mm, yeah. You're on basically like a cliffside and a ravine type thing, I think it is, because uh, you can actually eventually go to the bottom uh, down the scaffolding. But Are I hit the bottom. about Blight Town? Yeah, I hit the bottom yeah. of that thing so many times with my dead body from a million miles up. <laughs> 
it's yeah. just, it's ridiculous. You know, you hop yeah. out, it's like, all right, I'm on here. I'm on this little tiny platform. And oh, by the way, there's six enemies that I have to avoid. And, you know, mm-hmm. any one of them hitting me would knock me off just to a death. Yep. And I spent so much time. I want to say I spent like three hours in that area just trying mm-hmm. to make it through. And I'd, I'd occasionally get killed just because of bad combat. You know, it happens. But yeah. more times than not, I would just get knocked off the level. Full health, no damage, yep. just get knocked off. Uh, I'll roll off myself, which, yes, that's on me. But it's, mm-hmm. oh my god. That is one of the most infuriating things, if not the most infuriating thing I have ever played, was that part. Uh, I think Dark Souls. Is that Dark Souls? Is that Or is that Demons? Or that is was that? Dark Souls. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah and I, I'll tell you now, the uh, Blighttown itself has a lot of a lot of bad memories around it for lots of Souls people. It's known for it. It's it has a long trek until you get to uh till you get to bonfires. It has enemies that are constantly attacking you. Mm-hmm. Fall damage every other place. Uh. At least one random invasion style boss that, that will, that will attack you. Uh, the, the poison, when you walk in the swamp area, there's poison. Mm-hmm. There's another vertical trek on the other side of Blight Town that you gotta go up that also yep. has potential to fall down. And, and on top of all that, at the time this game was released, uh, it's, it's, it was resource heavy as hell. So there was lag everywhere and you're trying to either traverse a very narrow walkway or you're trying to fight an enemy and your game's just going eh, eh, uh, eh, eh, uh, oh you're dead not only because the shit's difficult you didn't see where to go blight town is known in the in the souls versus being like yeah this is a this is not so much a difficult area it's a can you get past this with your own fortitude you know mm-hmm. uh i will I will see Dark Souls for being difficult and having many sticking points because of the lore progression in that game. There are many times in Dark Souls where in order to progress, it's like you had to read the item description of a ring and interpret that with another item description and match that up with the, with the text that uh, a, a person told you and hopefully you'll figure out where to go. I mean, uh, a random example is figuring out how to l- the four Kings, like the fact that you have to have that ring attached to your finger whenever you fall shit like that. Just that game is known for it. I will tell you now that dark souls was one of the first games for me in my older, older years where it's like, look, you got about three times for me to try this shit and figure out where to go <laughs> until I throw the book up and go, fuck it. Google, where do mm-hmm. I go after I beat this boss in dark souls? Cause I cannot figure out where to go. Uh, yeah, I see. have no, I have no problem admitting, man. I use guides. I use them all the time. I, but I will do my best to give myself some to- some sort of effort. I will try to figure this shit out. But Dark Souls is definitely one of those known for. Yeah, you got a you got about three or four parts in here. That's like how how was I supposed to know that? Oh well, if you read this and interpret that, like uh, fuck that. No, that doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> uh, the yeah. game is already hard enough. Damn it! I still haven't finished it, and that's only because. I'm playing it blind. I'm not looking anything up. Uh, so I put, I spent several afternoons playing that, uh, I was streaming it. So mm-hmm. I probably put 
15, 20 hours into it uh, before uh-huh. I got sidetracked by something else. But that last day I was playing, I got pretty stuck um, as well, just not being able to figure out where to go. And it's one of those things where I'm sure I missed it or I I actually thought my game was bugged at one point and it might be. I don't remember if I ever got past that point, but it was like, yeah, you need to go over here and go to this door. You know, I was like, okay, it's locked. Okay, cool. Get the key. Took me forever to find the key, but I finally found it. Go yeah. back to the door. It doesn't open. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, uh, I guess I'll call it there and figure it out another time. <laughs> and I never mm-hmm. went back to it yet. Um, I'll tell but, you now that game. That game is known for having those. I can't. I, I want to say all the souls have some locking points up like that. But that this is a testament. It's a testament. It's a, it's a positive and a negative to this game. Like the positive of it is, is like it has Dark Souls has a story. It has definitive lore. The problem is the actual lore is really only known by, by Miyazaki himself, but he has put the lore in the game, but he's made it almost cryptic and almost interpretive at points. So. The lore kind of goes over people's heads. It goes over my head a lot of the times. I kind of have a very decent grasp of the lore in, in that game. But there are times where I'll watch videos by like prominent Souls people. And they'll be like, let me tell you the story of this NPC. Or let me tell you the story of this warrior. It's like, I had, how the fuck did you get that? Well, it's <laughs> this description, this talking, this place, the way this place looks during this time of the day, etc., etc. I'm like, man, I just... That's too much for me. That's just way, way too... Is it deep? Yes. Is it rich? Oh, very. But I don't want to jump through 27 hoops to understand why your armor is the way it is, you know? Yeah. And I didn't have any issues with uh, Demon Souls. Mm-hmm. I played that. I beat it pretty quick. Yeah. Um, I had no issues. I played it blind, no strategy guides or anything, you know, looking stuff up. Uh, the only thing I did do was once I got to a certain point... Uh, I did some of the uh, soul duping because uh-huh. I was going to grind out the levels anyway. I wasn't going to progress until I got to a certain point. So I did that, you know, and spent 20 minutes on instead of five hours. And then I progressed like I would have anyway. Uh, yeah. But that's it. I didn't have any issues, but I picked up Dark Souls and I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so another game, I, I made a note on here that I was, uh, stuck in Tales of Destiny for the PlayStation 1. I, I have went through that game again recently and I tried to keep a mental note of where I was. I think I went through and maybe even passed the, the, the castle that I was stuck on in Tales of Destiny, but I can't, I can't really remember. I do plan to go all the way through that game. It's another one of those got lost in the current games. Uh, mm-hmm. like, so I played it in my teenage years. I got stuck in some castle, spent days upon days upon days of trying everything to figure it out and it didn't work. Uh, I played it you know, 34, 35 years old. And I just, I got sidetracked. Uh, but I know that that game is known for, it's, it's another great RPG that is known for the, in order to get through the castle or dungeon or whatever, there's puzzles involved in it. Uh, one that I did get stuck on, and I'm, I'm definitely wanting to blame the game for this one, uh, is God of War two. I mentioned this, uh, several episodes back, but I got stuck in God of war two back in the day. And, uh, I want to say maybe about midway through the game, somewhere 
somewhere around there, you come across this room where there are these circles on the floor. And I can't remember if they were lit at the time. I should know this. I just went through these games. But you can clearly tell that there's circle areas on the floor. And I think the game either through just flat out tells you or there's a hint system or something that says, hey, you want to progress, you got to kill these centaurs that are new enemies, I believe. You got to kill these centaurs in these circles. And I'm telling you, I spent days, spent so many days trying to kill these fucking minotaurs. It could be because I had it on a higher difficulty. I don't know. But one, I had a rough time killing these centaurs. And then I had an even rougher time getting them to kill and have the kill registered inside the circle. I tried. This was like controller breaking for me. How angry I was getting at this shit. Like I knew what to do, but it wasn't doing it. And then... Kind of just like the fucking ropes thing. One day I was fighting them and killed it. And lo, the kill registered and then another kill registered or however many needed to register. And then boom, it worked. <laughs> uh, like, I think you had to have like the entirety of them inside the circle or like the greater half of them. in the, I don't remember. And what aggravates me the most about this is I was stuck again on this part for days. I got past it eventually. I worked through it. And I don't can't, I can't really think of any other time that I got stuck in God of War, any God of War game. Uh, and by the way, this is God of War one, not two. Sorry, but I was playing God of War one recently to before the new God of War came out. I made it past this point in the first try. Now that could be experience. I mean, the game was much easier for me because I've gotten more action game experience over time, mm-hmm. and I was already used to the combat through several of the games like this one. And God of War's combat was very easy for me to pick up, and I just I just killed them in the circle. I got on the first try and moved on. And I'm like, man, fuck this shit, man. <laughs> There's nothing like being stuck and then going back and just blowing through it like it wasn't nothing, yeah. you know. Uh, after that, I've only got about one more. Chris, what about you? All right. Well, I've got uh, two more, so I'll go to my go God ahead. of War one. Yeah, um, I'll just do mine last then. I mean, we can alternate still. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, God of War, um, the most recent one. Um, I played through it. We talked about this on the hardest difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sucked. Uh, <laughs> um... The, because unlike a lot of games, harder isn't just, you know, more health. It's yeah. more health, more abilities, uh, new abilities, all, uh, alternate versions of the same abilities and stuff. So, you know, I'd go into a stream and this is after I played the game because I didn't want, you know, spoilers. But I'd go in and be like, yeah, you just have to do this. And they're like, no. And we had that talk where you were like, yeah, I didn't have any problem on that. You know, you just had to do this. And I was like, nope, because <laughs> my mechanics were different than your mechanics. Um, and the game overall was super difficult. I talked about being stuck on that one fight uh, for hours per phase, you know, as a, as a three phase fight yeah. uh, against the guy. And I was stuck on each phase for at least an hour each. The longest one, I think, was like two and a half hours because mm-hmm. of the difficulty. That's just because of playing on the difficulty, um, which, you know, it is what it is. I'm playing on a harder difficulty. That's my fault. You know, I'm going to have to be better at that. Now, yeah. what I think really fits, you know, this topic uh, is the Valkyries. Because those are mechanic-heavy fights. 
and yeah. you have no context on how to do most of the stuff. Um, basically, you see an attack, you're like, okay, I need a dodge. That's your natural reaction. Um, oh, I need a parry, you know, because I can't dodge. Well, what do I do when I can't dodge or parry? Neither one works. What am I supposed to do? I have no other mechanics to rely on. You know, it's like, okay, is there something in the environment? Nope, don't see it. Oh, my God. Uh, and I I don't think I've talked about this on here, but I actually had it spoiled for me what the mechanic was on the difficulty uh, for the Valkyrie. And it was just turning around. You had to literally turn your back on the boss. Wow. And that was the gimmick. That's the way to take zero damage from the attack. Otherwise, it's a one-shot kill no matter what you do. Yeah. How? I can't think of I, I cannot think of another enemy or boss in that game that had that. No, that this gimmick. is this is exclusive to the hardest difficulty. Wow! To the Valkyries only, and there's two Valkyries that have it. I think the hardest one, and then the second hardest one. They're the mm. only ones that had it. Yeah, no, not a fan. Yeah. When it comes down to the how the fuck was I supposed to figure that out? How, what 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 clues did you give me? No, it's just up to me to just try. I'm Link, and I'm hitting walls to see. You know. Yeah. Ugh, hate that. So, my last one is uh, another game that has a highly, I'd say, popular, loosely uh, difficulty spike in it. Notorious is this level. But it's not, mine is not for the same one. Again, I hate saying it like that because I sound like such a fucking <laughs> contrarian, but I, I, I've actually heard over time that it's, it's a culmination of different stories and different tragedies in this game that have made the whole entire area be what it is. It's just in my experience, everybody has said different things and I've been like one of the few that's been like, no, it's, it was this. This is why I was stuck. So mine, my last one is Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Hey, what do you know? Another Zelda game, right? <laughs> uh, and it is the Water Temple. Yeah. Just saying that alone just brings mm-hmm. so many, uh, just everybody, everybody around me automatically goes, oh, no, the water level. When I personally question people about why they hate the water level, it's usually revolves around the fact that you have to move the water up and down and that's, and that's cumbersome. And also having to unequip and reequip the boots every time you want to go down or up, stuff like that. It seems like a lot of cumbersome. Basically, it's a, it's a long dungeon and has a lot of headache to it. And I'll agree. I'll almost, I'll agree with pretty much everything people complain about. And I'll agree with most people on the topics and the points they bring up when they say that the water temple in Ocarina of Time is the worst dungeon ever made. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll help you jump on that bandwagon because I get a lot of design flaws in that level. But I rarely, and I do mean rarely, hear my reason echoed from other people why I was stuck in the water temple. I was stuck in this level when it toward, I want to say this is pretty much toward the last third, if not the last quarter of the entire level. Just like the other games I mentioned, back and forth, days of, of going, of, of retreading this, this dungeon, moving water up and down, pushing things. And this is Ocarina of Time, so this is 3D, so there's a lot more shit to interact with. Mm-hmm. 
shooting arrows, throwing bombs, hitting walls, moving cameras around at angles to see what I can find, trying to light things on fire. I mean, you name it. I was trying everything in this temple, and I could not move on. I think there was a locked door, and I want to say kind of like... Uh, Kind of like Eagle Tower, I think I got to a point where I left the Water Temple and went to other areas, thinking that maybe I used a key and I wasn't supposed to. In fact, I'm pretty sure I did. And then came back to the Water Temple when I couldn't find another key and I couldn't access any other level, etc., etc. This one I'm going to blame on you, Nintendo. I'm going to say that this could possibly slightly be me because of maybe I should have just paid more attention, but fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so there comes a point when you step, when you first step into the water temple, you have to access this cave. And when you exit the cave and you're in the water temple area, you walk across apparently a slightly discolored block. So roughly the size of Link himself. It's a small block. It's not a huge area. At some point when you raise or lower, I want to say raise the water that block apparently is made of wood and it will move with the water. So that block will move and Link can go through the, the hole the block was covering up and you can access the next key or whatever the fuck I had to get. That pissed me off <laughs> so much because the way the level was designed, I don't even know if this was like connected directly to where it was. I'm, I'm sure it was to make me an asshole, but <laughs> it's not something that remotely was directly in my vision, thought process, notes, whatever. I walked across this area. Who knows how many times going to and from this, this, this temple. I walked over this thing who knows how many times and never was like, looked down and was like, oh, hey, that's, mm, that's peculiar. <laughs> yeah. And again, it probably is. Again, send me, send me screenshots of the block. I'm sure I'm totally wrong. It's probably the, the floor was gray and that was like, you know, deep purple for all I know. It was neon pink, you know, sure. like a sore thumb. <laughs> but I remember, I never remember walking over that thing and going, okay, keep that in mind. That's mm -hmm. going to be a thing. I found that thing without a guide, without somebody telling me, completely fucking random. I think it was to the point where I was, uh, uh, seeing if I think the idea for me at the time was to raise the water of level of the temple and then leave or lower the level and then leave the temple and see if maybe that affected the water of the pond. Because if you remember the way that you access the water temple was you had to you had to like shoot the arrow in the sun or some shit and you had to lower the lake's uh, water enough for you to get in the temple. So I thought, okay, well, maybe if I adjust the water of the temple, that'll adjust the water of the pond, and maybe I can go find something. And then as I'm exiting at one of those times, I'm like, there's a hole here. Hey, there's a hole in this floor. <laughs> oh, what the? And that was, I'm telling you, like, how the fuck was I supposed to know that? And I'm sure, oh, I know, Chris. I know 70,000 gamers out there are like, bruh, that's the first thing I noticed when I walked in the water temple. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm giving you that one, Nintendo, because it was just it was made in just such a way where it was like, ah, 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 you just didn't miss the the odd colored block. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, so aggravating. So yes, when I hear people talk about the Water Temple, 
it's so meme worthy. It's so popular. It's so bad. Yes, it is. But for me, that's the reason why I could care less about the damn, the boots and the water up and down. Cumbersome as it was, that wasn't what pissed me off. What brings my blood to a boil was that fucking block. I will never forget that block. <sighs> Floor's all yours, Chris. <laughs> You feel better? <laughs> I, f- I feel a little better. It's glad to, to finally get this on recording and get it off my chest again mm. for the 30th time, you know? Yeah, yeah. I can't say I experienced that because I never played it. So, um, so my last game on my list is uh, one of the hardest games uh, currently known to man, and that is XCOM 2. <laughs> okay. Now, it's a bold statement, Chris. XCOM 2 is hard for one reason. And that reason can be summed up by three letters. RNG. Oh, oh, our favorite, right? Yeah. So, XCOM 2 is a very and XCOM uh the first game are both very notorious for percentages not being what they actually are. Um mm. there are actually mods out there that show you the real percentage. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So that aside, um, even when you see the real percentage, it's still pretty uh, RNG heavy because, you know, say you have a 99% chance to hit, but then you miss it five times in a row. You, oh, wait a minute. That's called getting <laughs> XCOMed. Uh, wow. You know, that's a term in the community. You got XCOMed because that, that is, is what will happen. Uh, the game is so difficult. Um, I still haven't beat the second one. I did beat the first one. Um, I'm not sure if I beat the first one without save scumming. Uh, but I know I've been playing the second one without doing it. And I, I got pretty far. I got pretty far a couple times, but man, I just cannot complete the second one. Uh, I've done everything short of putting it on easy and or save scumming. Uh, oh, the second yeah, one geez. is. Yeah, so RNG heavy, and it's not like, okay, we'll learn the tactics and then, you know, move on. It's, well, I have to hit all my shots or hit enough of the shots, you know, to keep me from wiping on the next turn. Um, XCOM 2 has a uh, new feature where your people actually get injured instead of just straight up dying. Uh, I don't think the first one had that. It might have, but the second one takes it further. Uh, but your people take damage in combat, they're going to be inaccessible for X amount of time. Well, you're going to fight during that time while you're using your B team, you know. Uh, and in that game, it's not easy. You can't just, okay, well, I'm going to level both teams. That's not how it works. Um, mm. You have a set number, essentially a set number of missions. Um, you could probably force some extra ones out if you went out of your way. But you're going to fight, you know, so many fights. But the enemies, aside from, like, some story missions, your enemies are going to vary... Their locations are going to vary. Even on the story missions, their locations may vary uh, for some of the roaming yeah. enemies. So one time, you may be perfectly clear to walk into this house. Next time, there's going to be four enemies in there that are going to, you know, murder you as soon as you walk through the door. Uh, so it's a very, not only is the game strategy heavy, um, but it's just very difficult. Uh, and the RNG just makes it ridiculously hard. Uh, it's It's brutal. Um, I watched a streamer, uh, actually he was, uh, we talked about E3, uh, in control. 
he was playing the uh, Command and Conquer mobile game. Uh, mm. He's a StarCraft, or former StarCraft pro. He's still pro level. He just doesn't compete anymore, I don't think. Uh, he does more commentary and stuff now. Uh, but he does uh, XCOM 2 Iron Man runs, which uh, Iron Man means you can't... Uh, you can't reload a save. Uh, you have like one save and you can't reload or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. It only saves when you exit the game or something like that. Uh, so you can, you only can pick it up, you know, when you're going back to play, but you can't reload during the actual gameplay, something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's been so long. I can't think of the exact wording on it. Uh, but he does that, you know, uh, on the hardest difficulty. Wow. And, Oh yeah, he'll sit there and he'll play the first level like 30 times in a row. Because he'll get, if he gets shot once, that ruins, you know, strategy going forward because he now has an injured person that he can't use. Jesus. Um, so he'll play it 30 times until he gets, you know, essentially perfect spawns, uh, good RNG on his shots, which like I said, missing 90% shots is what the game's known for. Wow. Uh, and you know, okay, sure, it's still 90%. You're going to miss 10% of the time. But when that 10% is about 70% that you're missing, yeah. it's a little ridiculous. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's a very crazy, difficult man. game. And like I said, I still haven't beat it. And that's on normal. Um, though without save scumming. If I save scummed, I'd probably do a little bit better. But I kind of, I did it on the first one. I don't, I think I beat it without doing it on the first one, but I wanted to go through the second one without doing it. But man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I guess that's it for my list and yours. Yep. I guess it leads it up to the audience now. You guys need to let us know what times you got stuck in games. Uh, and again, I'm not judgy. You know, whatever times you got stuck. Uh, I love the I, I love hearing the the horror stories of puzzles or you know triggers or whatever they get stuck. That, mm-hmm. that get people stuck up you know i didn't know where to go i couldn't figure out where to go and i figured out it's also great just to hear the the aha moments uh but yeah what times have you audience been stuck in any video game at all what times have hung you up really bad what did you do to figure it out god i i know it's it's, it's duh asking in this day and age i i looked up a guide man i just <laughs> i just i literally googled the the i'm stuck on blank and figured it out and you know, that's the way that today works but uh you know whatever times you got stuck what games you're working on as well what have you been working on what are you interested in, uh, in in that's coming out any anything you want to talk to us about we'd love to hear some feedback from you uh many ways to get a hold of us you can uh we have a facebook page you can go to facebook and search end of time cast it might be how you found this episode right here we have an email address same old email address at uh end of time cast at gmail.com that's end of time cast at gmail.com no funny letters in there no funny numbers in there just spell it as you heard it uh we have a twitter page you can search twitter for end of time cash you can contact us there there's so many ways to get a hold of us we would love to hear from our audience anything that you want to talk about any suggestions uh any game topics anime topics movie topics whatever we'll take it all uh that's gonna do it for tonight and until next time i'm michael i'm chris good night everybody <laughs>